Okay, apple. Pear. I love it. Everyone says banana. You're different. Ah, I like that. I switched hey, it up. You switched it up. How you been, Elena? Ring? I've been good. Well, it's but yeah, end of the year, you just get really busy, to be honest. But um, good, good stuff. It's good. Yeah. It's, it literally How have you is... Been? Like, like you, I don't plan to be very busy over December. Like, I don't really... I'd, I'm not one of them people that, like, every weekend has, like, a stupid Christmassy on, like, oh, this weekend I'm going to get hot chocolate with my mother-in-law and next weekend I'm going to drink mug wine and eat mince pies with my cousins. Like, I no, I just want to sit inside, avoid all public and just watch shitty Hallmark Christmas films. I mean, I have the same thing, uh, but I think I like to cozy up to like a a nice horror film or two well this is the thing this is why i love christmas slash horror films and there needs to be more they're of so them. fun yeah there they're, they're so fun um I've definitely decided that i definitely want to make a christmas horror film i think that's next oh please do that wait is this yeah. what coming out for christmas actually is yeah everyone thinks it's like some festive little family feel-good film about a girl come out as a lesbian uh-uh she kills her whole family <laughs> And then she runs off of Cape Blanchett. <laughs> she runs off of Cape Blanchett. Who's waiting outside on a motorcycle. It's um, that is kind of the, the dream. To the be budget fair. is quite strained, mainly for Cape Blanchett. But we're gonna make it work. We're gonna make it work. We're paying her in mince pies. We are. I think she'd do it. You know. You know. Yeah, <laughs> she'd do it. <laughs> she's so, humble. She's humble. So it's the end of the year, which obviously means Christmas is upon us. But also, it means we get to review 2018 film. Hey. Are you excited? Are you pumped? I am. Although, to be honest, you slightly killed my vibe because you sent me... Um, so in preparation for this, we were going over what's been released this year and, like, I kind of realised there's been, like, so much shit this year. So much. It's we, we, we What we're going to do is we're going to go through every month and we're going to say what our favourite what our favorite film is each per month. But some months mm-hmm. it was pretty damn hard because there was so much shit. Like, colossal well, shit. I think there's one month as well where we both were just like, uh, I don't think we saw anything that month. Literally. It's, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, usually when I, I usually do this myself, but obviously now with the podcast, it's great to kind of share it out. But um, this is probably the first year where I've literally been like, wow, I don't actually regret not seeing a lot of films. Well, yeah, because uh, I, I was looking at this and I was like, oh, I should have gone to the cinema more. I actually didn't see as much as I thought I did. Yeah. And then I looked at it and I was like, but really would I have wanted to spend like exactly. 10 quid on that or whatever I mean also I have London some are prices you know exactly exactly so it's um do you know what's bonkers though the cinema prices in the northeast for like Cineworld yeah no different still oh, 12 really qu- still 12 quid it's that mad. kind of shocks me I know I was quite shocked with that because obviously I've got my Cineworld card so that doesn't bother me but like the view in Darlington it's a fiver mm-hmm. so it's fantastic it's brilliant fiver to see a film it's great and yeah. there's also an Odeon where it's like three pounds. So it's, how can you, I don't know. That's, that's so good. To be honest, like the only thing I can think of that here, I mean, in Prince Charles, if you have a membership, you can get like four pound tickets yeah. and they have certain films that they do for like a quid, which is yes. amazing. Yeah, they do. Um, their membership is definitely one of those cinema memberships that actually like make sense. It does. Because you get a nice mix of old and new. 
Indeed. I'm not like sorry. I'm like promoting them on your. No, you should because <laughs> that that is the one cinema that I really truly miss from living near London because it showed mm-hmm. old, new, and just it's just got a, such a lovely feel good vibe. If you've not been to the Prince Charles Cinema, it is lovely and it's kind of hidden away because you have it all the kind of touristy places like M and M World and Lego oh, Land God. and all this stuff, and then <laughs> round the corner you've just got this lovely little home which is great. I mean, there's an independent cinema in Newcastle that I'm gonna try out next year i'm gonna try and go there once Ooh. a month just to kind of get back into independent films there's a lot of independent films on this list that i've missed out on because they're just not showing here <sighs> yeah there's there's well i think we're going to probably shout out at some point yeah. things that we wanted to see but because of crappy release we just yes. couldn't do just it couldn't like... do it so when you hear so because i'm gonna post my favorite film her month and i know there's gonna be people that's like but you didn't see this and all this well tough <laughs> shit i didn't see it who cares um, unfortunately, we don't all work for Little White Lies, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, did I, did I ever tell you about the time that I was at Sundance London and I was slagging off Little White Lies, and the guy I was talking to worked for them? Oh fuck! Oh no! <laughs> because they they'd done like a printout thing for the festival, and there was like three typos in it, and I was like, God, can no one there even like freaking proofread? No wonder the magazine's <laughs> gone downhill. And he was like, Yeah, I'm um, uh, editing there. And I'm like, Oh. Right, okay. I think my film just, is playing. I better run away from you right now. Quietly digging a hole that and you can just hide in. And that is the day that Caris Rian ruined any chance of her ever being featured in Little White Lies. I do love that magazine, but um, their top anymore. 30 this year missed out my favourite of this year, I believe. Um, so... We'll reveal this later. <laughs> like, yeah, I used to love it, and then I think it got a little bit too big for its boots, as Stormzy would say. God bless Stormzy. God I hope he's Stormzy. having a nice Christmas. Me too. I hope he is. Okay, <laughs> on with the show. January. Okay, so mm-hmm. in January we had, uh, we're going to do about nine films. We had Insidious: The Last Key. Now I think it's time for this to end. What about you? I think it's ending. I think it's done. It is. I think the, we're free. The first two were so spectacular. Stop ruining the legacy behind it. I've always... You know what, though? I didn't... The second one... I mean, I enjoy angry Patrick Wilson, but I think that's just because he was quite hot, not because... Yeah, he really... is, like, the <laughs> top level of hot dad vibe. There's, like, him, Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, and, like, who's next? Oh, Timothy Oliphant is a beaut. It's like the hot dad kind of thing. So yeah, I, I think Tom Hardy's got to surely qualify on the top dad, hot dad list, and so is Idris Elba, both hot dads. Yeah, but has Tom Hardy played a dad yet? Oh, he played a dad in that film where he was with Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine, and it was like a. <laughs> well, he's shockingly hot. Yeah, yeah. Um... It was that's the one film where so basically, if you've not seen, it's called We're at War or something or other. But Reese this means war. This, this means, means war. war. Reese yeah. Witherspoon's in a love triangle between Chris Pine and Tom Hardy, and she doesn't choose Tom Hardy. And in the cinema, I actually went no and got told to shut up <laughs> yeah because that's the thing because like i just chris pine is vaguely asexual to me so i just don't fancy him at yeah all. i i think he's very attractive but i just like what are you doing but you know good old mm-hmm. for the spoon good good to be between two guys if it's going to be anyone she's so, yeah. doing other things insidious the last key we then had molly's game which was my um 
obviously Jessica Chastain is one of my loves. And mm-hmm. I was so excited for this because it not only allowed her to show this badass side, but a vulnerable side, which I think that film Miss Sloan really missed out on. So all around it was a great film for me, but I feel like it was shut down a lot because the material being used had already been done in like articles and books and TV specials because there's always that kind of eludingness like oh is it about Tobey Maguire and is it about Leonardo DiCaprio and things like that so but I think the sports scenes were amazing and really underrated um but I really enjoyed it I didn't get round to it but I definitely wanted to see it I think Jessica Chastain's a really interesting performer I, I always really enjoy watching her um and yeah I don't understand why that particularly is the focus of um coverage about that film to be honest because like well, yeah, I mean, why can't it just focus on it as a merit as a film rather than just, like, as a standalone thing rather than, Expose. like, you know... Yeah, that's not... That part, to me, isn't really that interesting. I'd much rather kind of see... Because didn't... Did Aaron Zorkin write the screenplay for that one? He directed it. He it was, directed it? It was his directorial debut. Oh, that's exciting. Well, because his screenplays are always very cutting and just I very much enjoy them. It was so. a very typical Zorkin screenplay as well, which I quite enjoyed excellent <laughs> so yeah I, don't, I think it got glazed over a lot which is a shame because I thought it was great Idris Elba as well was fantastic mm-hmm. so um, no I'd really enjoyed it you also had in January The Commuter uh, this is the film where Liam Neeson I think at this point he's probably beaten up somebody on every form of transport available planes trains well, yeah. cars do you know what my, my brother said because um, I asked him what the hell was the commuter when you sent <laughs> when you sent me this <laughs> list and he just went you remember that film non-stop of Liam Neeson and I was like yeah and he was like yeah it's that but on a train literally <laughs> it's just that his trailers are very misleading because whoever cuts the trailers for these Liam Neeson films does a fantastic job but doesn't really truthfully market the film if you know what I mean <laughs> I I'm not surprised I, I literally forgot that was even a film me too I didn't realise it came out this year I felt like it was years ago you also had 12 Strong which starred Chris Hemsworth Michael Shannon and Michael Penner now this was the story of the special forces being deployed to Afghanistan after 9-11 it's a great lineup, but it suffered bad reviews due to being called boring I think it was a typical America war kind of film mm-hmm. you also had Den of Thieves which was Gerard Butler 50 Cent and O'Shea Jackson Jr published Ripper this was a gritty crime saga that I really wanted to see and I missed out on it and it's now on Netflix so I'm going to watch it but it's actually had really great reviews considering that mm. it probably wasn't marketed that well I well, I think I can say that it definitely, at least on my end, I didn't even see anything about it. So. Exactly, exactly. You also had Hostiles, which was directed by Scott Cooper, who did like the really good gritty dramas that kind of went under the, the cover, like uh, Black Mass and Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. I, Out of the Furnace, it wasn't the, the the best film I saw that year by far or anything, but um, it was interesting It for was, sure. yeah, I'd say interesting. Obviously, that came out, so that was a gritty western, that got really good reviews, starred Rosamund as well. Um, you also had mm. Maze Runner, The Death Cure. It's finally <laughs> over, is what the film should have been called. And I'm sure Dylan O'Brien's probably very happy as he almost died during it, so... Yeah, seriously. Yes. Did you not hear he got hit by a car on set and they had to shut it down because it was meant to be released like last year or the year before, but he got I... hit by a car. Wow, this completely bypassed me. I would have just loved to be the driver of that car. Like, you hit someone. You hit the lead actor of the entire franchise. I don't think they kept that job afterwards. I don't think so either. No. Um, but probably 
a big highlight of January was Paddington 2. Mm-hmm. Um, charming and lovely. And for me, it was great to see Hugh Grant in something decent for once, because I don't think I've seen him in anything decent for quite some time. Do you know what he was also really good in this year? Um, but TV, he was in a very English scandal, and that was fantastic. Yeah, that's been nominated, hasn't it, for some big awards as well? I hope I. You know what? I hope him and Ben Whishaw, who is also in Paddington too. Um, yes, of course. Do you think about yeah, that? he. I hope they both get nominated for that. But you know what? Paddington is. Um, they're both great in Paddington as well because Ben has like the most lovely voice work. He just really embodies that character perfectly. And it's also, it was beautiful to look at. It's fun and it's, Do you it's feel quite like it was quirky. Like a hit of like endorphins, just watching it. Like, I feel like the colours yeah. and everything, it's like those films you put on for toddlers to calm them down. Like, I just feel <laughs> like that it was created just as a calming sedative or something to life. Well, to be honest, I mean, toddlers, including me, because I just sat for the entire thing with a big fat dopey smile on my face. Same. So. It was. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't actually seen Paddington one. I went to this. I think I went to the cinema that night just because I needed to get out of the house, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. So it was great. Yeah. Also out in January was the post, which I didn't see, but you did see. So please share your I, thoughts. I did see. Um, it was one of those films where the subject matter was more interesting um, than the film itself. So uh... when I when I say that, I mean like uh, I would have rather watched a documentary about it rather than like see that film i I still i still think it was like you know solid cast there was very good performances um but yeah it's just one of those things that i'd rather have watched documentary about it to be honest and i think oscar nominating it was a bit of a (laughs) that was a bit of a leap but meryl streep's in it so (laughs) yeah meryl streep could be in uh the commuter and it'd probably get a uh, oscar nomination Yeah, definitely. Okay, so my January pick was Molly's Game. I'm guessing yours was probably Paddington 2. Paddington 2, definitely. Okay, so on to February. We had Winchester. How did you find that? Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Everyone I ask about this film bursts into laughter. It was just... Oh, God. It was just such a... Oh, boy, it was a mess. Like, because the thing that was disappointing about it as well is that the Winchester house could be made into such a claustrophobic weird story i think because it, right. it's weird as a subject like but it was just like uh talk 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 jump scare talk 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 jump scare like it was just literally it was just non-stop jump scares but really? it wasn't even a jump scare it was just a loud noise preceded by some crap you know ghost essentially um you kind of wish they'd taken like a hint from uh, the haunting of Hill House and just had ghosts in the backgrounds of scenes. Yeah. Cause, but it was no, it was very uh, schlocky and boring and uh, just not an interesting horror film. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, you also <laughs> had uh, the fifteen seventeen to Paris. Now this was the film that was directed by Clint Eastwood, and it was the story of the terrorist attack being stopped on a train going to Paris. Now it was panned by reviewers, particularly for the bad acting. Now that's probably down to the fact that Clint Eastwood actually got the real life people who were involved to play mm-hmm. the parts in the film, which I could see where he was going from. Like, oh, it's a different kind of method, but it didn't really work. So it kind of went under the. Um, I think that was I think that was aimed to be an Oscar film and it just didn't get anywhere near the mark. Oh, for sure. But the it's an interesting idea and I think it's something that someone could explore again. Yeah. But but yeah, there's a reason why 
you know, we get actors, actors, actors. to do it. <laughs> There's a reason why. Also in February, as a classic Valentine's Day release, was Fifty Shades Freed. Oh, God. Thank God that's over. Thank God that's over. Let's move on. Also out was Peter Rabbit. Now, everyone had a massive problem with this film due to it not really being related to the Beatrice Potter uh, stories. I didn't love it, but my six-year-old brother did, and I went to see it with him, and he's pretty much the audience for it. So I think that, you know... Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that is the core audience. For me, I probably wouldn't enjoy it because I'm kind of tired of the saturation of James Corden, and uh, <laughs> I also I also love... Um, I love the sort of quaintness of the um, original stories. But if your brother liked it, that's kind of... Exactly. I mean, he's the audience for it, I was going to get him on the show, but he's very busy with his trains at the moment, so... Yeah. <laughs> I know that I was secondary booking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I did see with him in February was Early Man. Um, I thought this yes. was quite charming. It was a little bit dull, but I thought it was quite charming. What did you think? That I mean, it wasn't the most memorable uh, Nick Park film, but... I thought Tom Hiddleston having that bizarre, like, ooh-la-la French accent yeah. was, like, <laughs> very funny. I thought Eddie Redmayne did some very cute voice work, and it was it was just nice. It was it, just like yeah. a nice... Nick Park films always make you feel kind of warm inside, which is, which is pleasant. Um, Do you feel like British films have a sense of making you feel warm inside, but you don't get that necessarily from some American films? I don't know. Have you seen, like, Nil by Mouth by Gary Oldman? I mean... Oh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We some sometimes we do, other times we just like to depress the shit out of ourselves it's and a, everyone it's else. A, it's a big spectrum. <laughs> it's in one yeah. or the other. Uh, also out in February was Black Panther. Now mm. it was not only just refreshing to see something in a different setting with different people and different costumes and different accents and different backgrounds. I mean, I I was just thoroughly entertained and I still think it will stand the test of time in 10 years as a film that is so relevant and groundbreaking and a superhero film that a lot of the other superhero films won't in 10 years' time. Um, what do you think? I think that it did this really cool... Um, it's a nice new addition to like this kind of uh, strain of like Afrofuturism we're getting at the moment, which yes. is very that's good to see yeah. uh the soundtrack by Kendrick Lamar is fantastic oh, and incredible. it's been it's been Grammy nominated which is very cool Indeed. Indeed. um yeah I think my favorite part of it uh especially was I loved Michael B Jordan and Sterling K Brown and oh. the the sort of the way that basically you see Killmonger was one of the first Marvel villains actually in a while who I saw and was like you know what I completely understand the motivation for this because it actually runs very deep you know he's this disenfranchised black american brilliant. kid and, and he I feels abandoned and it makes sense like it would be brilliant you don't get that brought him back. i mean obviously the work we don't really know how the whole marvel universe is going to pan out with the upcoming films but it would be fantastic to bring killmonger back because i don't mm. think he's not only going to be a great rival to black panther it to the other characters he'll be fantastic like, i'd love to see him you know, against Sam Wilson, like what kind of relationship story would they have about, you know, Sam being in the army and things like that? Like, you can just imagine mm-hmm. the conversations they'd have. It kind of linked back to the kind of like Martin Luther King fights about enrolling black people into the army. And I think it'd be a really great conversation. But who knows? They could bring him back. They've done other stranger things. So, true. Also, out in February was game night. Now, I found this so fun. 
The cast was great. Rachel McAdams in a leading role is something that I always want. And it just made me want to get my friends together and have a game night. And it's honestly one of my favourites of the year. It wasn't my favourite of the month, but it was one of my favourites of the year. Jesse Plemons is just so brilliant. <laughs> he just he's I love his comedic efforts, like in this and in, in other people from last year. I think he's just so great at playing a weirdo. He is so fun. I I love Jesse Plemons. I love Meth Damon. He is a blessing. But the thing <laughs> is though, is that like he like he's very good at playing total weirdos, but he's apparently just like the nicest, most like quiet and humble dude, which you is very imagine. nice to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um I really wanted to see that. I will give it a go. Uh, it's also it's Jason Bateman who's also in that, right? Yeah, you've got. J- I mean, I can't. The whole list is not in my head right now, but yeah, it is. It is brilliant. I I did love it. Um, also out in February was a fantastic woman, which unfortunately I didn't see, but you did. So please share your review. Um, it was really emotional. I really loved it, and it's it's it won the Oscar for best foreign film, I believe. It was definitely nominated. Um, that was kind of wonderful, especially because I, we don't often get um, trans women actually playing trans women. Yes. And uh, Daniela, what's her name? Daniela Vega. She was, oh, wow. She was, she gave a very raw, very like beautiful performance. And I think if you're going to go see the film, see it on that alone. Really? Because- yeah. I felt like her performance was very, um, it felt very real. And I think it was just, it was just moving. It was just an emotional thing to see. Um, but yeah, I'm not describing it very well. But <laughs> Don't go see, see it. it. <laughs> go see it. There you go. Go see it. Well, my pick for February was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. What was yours? I think I'm going to say A Fantastic Woman, actually. I, was go- I thought you were going to go for that, the way you were talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> then we were into March. Now, March was freaking massive. We've got 15 films here to mention. It was huge. Um, oh, God. <laughs> first was Death Wish. Now, I do not remember this film at all. It was directed by Eli Roth and starred Bruce Willis. And I literally cannot remember any form of marketing. But it was heavily panned. So, clearly, that's probably why. I think literally the only mention of it I saw was when I happened to look at Eli Roth's Twitter earlier in the year for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and... I saw that he had done the film and I was like, oh, that cool. And just kind of like, just Glazed over clicked it. away. It's, it's very, very strange. Um, also out was Red Sparrow. Now, I'm not a fan of Jennifer Lawrence, as everyone knows. Um, mm, neither am I. And we both haven't seen this. Uh, but it seems that some people found it enjoyable and some people even compared it to what would it would be like to have a Black Widow um, original film, so well, good. it basically is Black Widow, isn't it? I it's mean, just a Russian spy, so yeah, it's yeah. not that different. Uh, you also had Gringo, which was from Noah Edgington, Joel's brother. Um, this got mixed reviews, <laughs> but it was an interesting fact because they actually rewrote it with David Oluello because it was originally a lead. The lead character was like a was a white man, and they changed it with him, which I thought was really fantastic. So, but yeah, so I didn't really get. I probably won't see it to be fair. No, I did look quite funny from the trailer, and I love yeah. David, but I don't I've know. heard we'll that see. all the funny bits are in the trailer. Ah, uh, that's one of those. Mm, okay, one of those. Also, <laughs> that was the Hurricane Heist. Now, this was the film that Sky <laughs> Cinema released um, on their channel because I think they funded it and in the cinema, and it was absolutely bombed. <laughs> it bombed everywhere, and it got terrible reviews. Um, so yeah, I don't know if they're going to do it again, but they are releasing a film actually again on Sky Cinema the same day. It's in in the cinemas. It's starring Olivia Wilde. 
and Oscar Isaac, and I've completely forgotten what it's called. But anyway, yeah, oh. obviously, obviously it's a new thing they're doing. <laughs> that completely went over my head. Yeah. Um, also out was The Strangers, Pray at Night. <laughs> what? Now, what? <laughs> Why have I seen all the shit horror films this I know, year? same. Now, oh. I loved The Strangers ten years ago. So when this wasn't, and this was announced like shortly after the first Strangers, and it took them ten years to actually make it, you wouldn't think that by watching it because it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. It's, Wait, that took ten years. It took ten years. Jesus Christ. The plot is just ridiculous. The characters are very unlikable, which is, which is such a shame because Christina Hendricks is a great actress. But I just I found it predictable and I found it stupid and it has all the classic things of don't do that and don't run there and don't do that. And it just because the characters are so unlikable, I'm just sitting there thinking, just fucking die. I don't care. Yeah, it's so it's so it's just boring. And 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 I don't know what I don't know who the fuck Christina Hendricks has got as her agent. But like, I know, God, she needs to get better roles because she's a lot better than this. So it's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird watching her do this kind of B-movie shit. But yeah. also, the the other thing that actually that I want to say about Strangers that just really aggravates me at the moment, because I feel like I've seen a couple horrors do this recently, was it was meant to be set in the 80s, right? I think so. But nothing about it besides, I think, the girl wearing like a Ramon shirt was 80s. <laughs> and they played like, the Tiffany song, which is in every single horror trailer lately. Oh, why? I don't know why. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to set in a period, can you just sort of at least make an effort to make it a bit more thematic? Do you or find like... that a lot of films nowadays are trying to do that thing where they want to set it in the 80s, but they're not doing it completely in the 80s. So they're kind of creating a time frame all itself. A bit like It Follows, where it doesn't actually classify where it's set it just kind of yeah i think unfortunately people saw it's how a trend, it follows isn't it? did it yeah. yeah i think i think they saw it follows and they were like oh you know what if we kind of make it uh, a bit ambiguous with That's time it. yeah and if we also like want to use a synth pop soundtrack or like a That's not it. not synth pop but just synth actually yes. then it's just they think that's like the bare minimum but i think if you're going to go over period you should make the effort commit like, to it Exactly. Yeah. Um, also out in February was Thoroughbreds. Now, I really enjoyed the aesthetics of this film and the whole kind of girl gang vibe uh, teaming mm. up against the evil stepdad story. But it was actually quite dull overall. And oh. it kind of just didn't execute the way I think it would have done. And it was just such a waste of Anton Yelkin. Like, he was so underused. So... Anton was the reason I actually even wanted to see it this was at all. The, yeah, same for me. Yeah. I mean, the other two girls, I think they're great, but Anton was the only reason I went, and when he was hardly in it, I was like, well, I've been robbed, haven't I? <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I like, pushed it back a bit, is because I was just like, <laughs> oh, he's actually not in it that in it much. I might as well just watch Green Room for like the 20th time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you also had A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, the story was all over the place in A Wrinkle in Time, which was so disappointing as the director and cast behind it was so exciting. Mm. And it was like, just, it was groundbreaking in ways, like the leading role and the actress playing it. But I just generally felt like it fell so flat and it was just so, such a shame, really. I just did, like, from everything I heard from people who actually saw it, it sounded like a mess. It really was. And it's a shame because it must... I mean, the studio... Was it Disney? I think it was Disney. It was Disney, yeah. It You'd was think that someone would... I don't, I don't know whether it was rushed or whether it was just not thought out. And the people I've spoken to that didn't enjoy the film but really loved the book said that 
it could have been done so much better. Maybe it's like a two-part mm. film or something like that. Or you get them stories sometimes, which I think do work better as a TV series. And I think this could have been one of them. People need to stop being so afraid of doing that. To be yeah, honest, yeah, it's a new era of TV. But I, yeah. I think it's money, isn't it? Because obviously, box office sales. It's also it takes more time. I yes, guess. that's another thing. It's kind of, I don't know. Um, another film come out in February. This is actually on my top ten favourite list. It's not my favourite of the month, but it's my top ten of the year. It's Love, Simon. Um, mm. It's not perfect. There is some bad writing in places and over-the-top scenarios. But for me, to see a lead gay character in a film of that size was very inspiring. And I did feel very warm after seeing it. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed it. And I... I think I cried my eyes out, so I really enjoyed it. You didn't see this, did you? I didn't. I think, you know what my uh, rationale was for this? I basically thought that Love, Simon looked like the kind of thing that if I had been 14 or 15 and still kind of coming out and stuff, yeah. I think that would have been a really big thing for me. Yeah. But I feel like at this point in my life as like a 24-year-old, I just felt like that's really nice for other people, but like... <laughs> I'm. I don't feel like I need to go and see it. You know. That's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. Really fair. That's I'm fair. not. You know. I think it's lovely that it's. I think it's lovely that we have stuff like that um, out and that it's becoming more mainstream. It's really just good and reassuring and healthy. It is. But uh, yeah. Not for you. Not for you. <laughs> not for that's me. nice. Not for me. Uh, I'm a jaded out, gay. <laughs> also, that was Tomb Raider, and this had great reviews for Alicia. But not so mm. much the film. The film in general was called pretty bland and dull. But we all know it's going to have a big franchise and there'll be three films, maybe four films. So we have to just part up with it. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander, you know, I love her. So as long as she's getting work, good she's for her. She's getting work. She's getting money. She's got a baby with a fast bender. Like, living the life, living the life. Mm-hmm. Uh, also out was Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> I love saying it. Uh, it did get great reviews, shockingly. A lot of people said it felt what? like a few bad episodes of a TV show. Um, I never saw the first one because I was just so uninterested. You know what? The first one was just... It's just a nice, dumb... Robot mo- film. Mon- monster versus robots movie. But it had, like, the added pleasant pleasantness of like you know we got charlie hunnam being like the nicest dude ever yes we got idris elba being the cool protective dad like and you know you got mako mori who was um played by uh i'm gonna say her last name so horribly i apologize uh rinky rinko um uh kikachu kikachi we know who you're talking about it's okay you know who i'm talking about who's She's a brilliant actress. And I thought she would have done more after that film, but it doesn't seem like Hollywood have kind of hired well, her. Well, but between before that film, there was Babel, which she got like Oscar nominated for. I know. And she was incredible in. But like then there was just this gap in between yeah. where she kind of popped up in like some indie stuff. But but she she needs to get more big things. Um, but yeah, the second one it didn't kind of have like that sort of Guillermo del Toro charm about it. It it sort of seemed just a bit more generic, so that's kind of why I didn't see it. For the money. Mm, yep. You also had Sherlock Gnomes. Now, this <laughs> featured Johnny Depp, so I was never going to give it a go, was I? Uh, I mean, this is going to be my rationale for one of the later things this year. You exactly. Know. Um, Unsane also came out in, Feb- in March, which I actually quite enjoyed. It was a bit trippy and kept me like enticed throughout. There was a bit, few bits I was like, mm, why would you do that? But... I just love this new iPhone filming style. 
that's kind of coming about. We kind of saw it in Tangerine, and now it's. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was interesting because it felt like a a really good student film. <laughs> you know what? I can kind of see that from the trailer. Yeah, but um, and Claire Foy. I mean, Claire Foy. You can put her in a bloody pantomime, and she'd blow the whole show. She's fantastic. So I, I she's interesting. It. She's a she's she's very cool to watch. She's come out of nowhere. And she's just set the world on fire. I mean, she's doing all kind. She's do. I mean, it's a. I think her as Lisbeth um, Salander is is a bit like. Uh, but well, she may be very good. It's just that I'm so committed to Rooney Mara, as that. <laughs> so is or, Rooney Mara. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I think what we're just, I just. I'm just thinking sadly about what could have been. <laughs> we also had Isle of Dogs. Um, mm. There was there was a lot of controversy about this, which I've discussed on previous episodes. I really liked it. Wes Anderson is one of my favourite directors, yes. and he. I remember I always binge watch his films when I'm going through a really hard time, mm. which I'm doing right now. And um, I just <laughs> I just loved Island Dogs. It just made me feel really warm inside. It was lovely, and yeah, I I love dogs. I do think there's some something. T- I do think there's some basis and like and it is there's some justification behind the controversy, I and I think that's important. Um, I do feel like though within the film, there's some really lovely like nods to some of like the Japanese masters of filmmaking like Kurosawa and that kind of thing, and I feel like, at least at the very least, it doesn't excuse everything, but I feel like at least Wes comes from a very genuine place with everything he does yes and the animation i mean god stop uh like stop motion animation takes such an insane amount of time and like there's this behind the scenes of that film which is incredible where they just show you how they made all the sets and everything and it's the most stunning thing it is. and it shows you how much love and work goes into that's, this film yeah that's the thing the love that goes into it which i think you can kind of see it like you said it comes from a genuine place it's not he hasn't made this to market and sell out he's not the kind of filmmaker yeah, so. Wes is, ne- Wes is the one thing that's really good about him as a director is that I never feel like he's pretentious. No, and he's not doing everything. It's very authentic. It's very much what he wants. He's his vision. It's I never yeah. could see, I could never see him making a film for someone else. And such a distinct style as well. Oh God, I could talk about him for days, but we can't. Yeah. We have so much <laughs> True. Minutes coming. Uh, Ready Player One also come out. I freaking love this, and I really didn't expect to. I thought it was going to be a generic CGI little boy fest and it was nostalgic and it was endearing and it was just lovely i really enjoyed it i really liked it i think there probably will be a couple of more of them to come and i will probably eat them up as well plus interesting ty sheridan so i like him he's come through he's done so well yeah i like that i like that kid i also very much enjoy ben mendelson everyone does he's everyone's favorite bad guy he's just a sick actor it's like it's Amazing. Um, and lastly, in March, it was Finding Your Feet, which I never got to see, but it actually got some quite good reviews. It's your typical British, let's get all of the famous people in that we know who can speak British and uh, speak British. <laughs> speak British. Speak British and do that. Um, um, yes. For March, my favourite film was Isle of Dogs. What was yours? I'm with you on Isle of Dogs, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Matching we agreed. <laughs> So is that, oh, that's the first match so far. Okay. Yeah, it might be the last, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay, in April, we had Blockers, which was the comedy film about a bunch of parents wanting to stop their kids from having sex on prom night. 
I really enjoyed this. I am a huge fan of John Cena. And I just thought that the comedic, him and Leslie Mann, it was really, really fun. It was stupid, but it was, I honestly, I was leaning over, laughing my head off. It hurt my chest. I was so enamoured in the comedy. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, those two I love. Um, I also heard it was actually quite sweet. It was. There was a really just like I don't have a big relationship with my father, and it was really lovely to kind of see the different parts of it. Because you had like Leslie Mann and her mother and daughter relationship, and you had like a John Cena and a father and daughter relationship, and then you had another. Was it? Oh, what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. But he plays kind of like an estranged dad, and it was just great to kind of see the kind of. Mm. It was a bit lovely. Also out in April was a quiet place. Which was ah, yes. the horror film that kind of took us all by surprise, I'd say. Would you agree with that? Oh, uh, <laughs> that was a really weird noise. Um, a, a, um, a Quiet Place. Ah, I just... It, mm, I don't think it was as smart as everyone thought it was. I think that the inclusion of... Um, the young deaf girl was um, very good. And I like the fact they were actually signing in that yeah. film. Yeah. I think there was some, there was some cool cinematography. Um, and it's Charlotte Bruce Christensen, I think, who did it, who did The Hunt and did um, The Girl on the Train and did like a bunch of other things. And I, I think uh, John uh, Krasinski and Emily Blunt did a nice job. Um, but I just... Don't forget Michael just, Bay. Yeah, that's my thing, though, because you know what? I got to a point in the film where I was like, some of these decisions are just very stupid. And and then, like, I was also like, you know what, as well? Something about this action feels familiar. And then when the credits came up and it said Michael Bay, I was like, oh, you motherfucker, that's it. it, For me, it was funny because I I hadn't read anything about it and I went to see it. And when it came at the end, directed by John Krasinski... A bit like when I watched The Gift and it came up at the end, directed by Joel Edgerton, I went, yeah. oh, oh, wow. And then it came up, produced by Michael Bay, and I went, oh. <laughs> like, it was like, this explains the greatness and this explains the bad points. So I'm with, I'm with you on those ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, you also had Lean on Pete, which I haven't seen, but it got really great reviews, so I do want to check that out. This is where I miss Love Film, because I would get all these films on yeah, my Love Film list. I miss and Love they'd film. arrive throughout the year and I'd be able to catch up, but no. I'm going to really date myself here and um, just say that I really miss Blockbuster too. I miss Blockbuster too as well. Yeah. <laughs> you also had Borg versus Muck and Rowe, which I didn't see. I Could you remind me what that is? I don't even it remember. It was the uh, tennis kind of rivalry. I think oh, Sheila Buff was in it. Charlotte Booth was Shia in Booth. it. I never know. That, that's Booth. all Shia I know Booth. about it. That's all anyone knows about it. Tennis and Charlotte Booth. <laughs> uh, you also had I Feel Pretty, which was the Amy Schumer film, which basically went <laughs> under the carpet very quickly and not surprisingly because the contact was trash. Um, <laughs> also released in April. Now, I saw this at last year's London Film Festival. It was You Were Never Really Here. Mm, when I yeah. saw this last year it was actually at a gala and Walking Phoenix and Lynn Ramsey were there and he was absolutely <gasps> off his face it was fantastic it was Beautiful. very bizarre <laughs> I'm just laughing now that yeah the moment I meet Walking Phoenix he's, he's just exactly what I pictured Walking Phoenix to be like completely off his head um, I loved this I thought it was um, like taxi driver on cocaine it was just violent and 
magnificent and also endearing with the mother mother son storyline and mm. it was just punchy with the whole kind of child sex abuse kind of thing it was um i really loved it i really enjoyed it and it's a shame that it didn't get a kind of bigger kind of push i think it's a ridiculous shame that it's not been nominated for awards because lynn ramsey's done an incredible job and walking phoenix has probably given one of his best performances in a long time um, but that's what I think. What about you? <laughs> anyway, I hated it. <laughs> uh, no, I I was a little bit underwhelmed. I was expecting to be more in love with it. But you know what? Oh, you, she was so squ- shocked that she just spat out squash. No, um, that was a pure accident. I'm sorry. <laughs> Karis almost did a spit take. And I, just, I, just, I just decided to miss my mouth. <laughs> um, but you know what I think I'm gonna go back and watch it again because even when I was watching it even though I didn't quite connect with it in the way I expected to again this is the problem with like overhyping stuff in your head too yeah, yeah. um Lynn Ramsey is one of the best directors around I think she's got this of amazing all <laughs> of all time of all time uh, <laughs> she's got this um she's got most incredible artistry to her and yes. Joaquin was oh fuck he's so good he's one of those actors who i would just watch in anything and i think he's so different every single time he plays the character and um it was really special it's uh, but yeah i think i'm gonna have to go and watch it again because i don't think i quite got it's got like i feel like it's got more depth to it he has i think you can study it and you could probably study it for quite some time and kind of uncover yeah. those layers because on a first watch it's just there's a lot going on but then there's also moments of kind of like Sombar and stillness and uh, just watch it i love it i'm gonna watch can it I, again can i also just throw out there that wikian phoenix was weirdly hot in it he got buff for this film he is yeah. ripped in this film <laughs> but it's weird because it's like the, his face hasn't changed it's still like the same and then he takes off his clothes and you're like whoa hello there kind of thing so shout out to rooney mara because she's getting that d she dating him did you not know this no <laughs> that so girl <laughs> They've been dating for a time. That's so embarrassing. I don't know anything that happens anymore. It's okay. It's okay. I feel like I'm just the grandma who's like, what? <laughs> that Rooney's with that walking? Really? <laughs> oh. Didn't he used to be the brother of Wither Phoenix? <laughs> um, here's a film you might want to see again. Truth or Dare. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Truth or oh, Dare was wow. a concept that probably would have worked as a kooky short film but what in, what they decided to do instead was create a feature length film throw in a bunch of uh, TV t- tweeny actors from Teen Wolf and Pretty Little Lies and create a big old bloody mess um, I love how the God. ending of this film they thought they were being really clever and like oh yeah we're gonna like do a message now that social media is gonna kill everyone like no it's really not your film's gonna kill everyone with can you freaking... just describe how my my face looks right now just so you can she looks think. like she's actually melting <laughs> like, i'm quite I... concerned are you a yankee candle i'm just so i'm just so tired guys it was I'm a bloody so tired <laughs> this would always be give me the money i'll make a better horror just just come on anyway to cap april off we got given the gift of avengers infinity war 
Oh God, yeah, that was. Oh my God, that was April. It was. It was Jesus. the end. Of, it was the end of April, and nothing else came out that weekend because obviously no one else is going to contest. No, one, no one dared. <laughs> no one dared. We've spoken about this film in a lot of detail because it was in the top ten for like friggin' months. We did. Um, it is my favourite of April, as much as I love some of the others, just because I think this year, the fact that it merged, it's the first film to kind of merge all of these characters and stories together. It does take a lot of work to do that. And I do think it's a good film. That sounds I think, like I was about to go into a negative then, but I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Dramatic pause. I'm just, I'm just traumatised a little bit by it. But the thing that did annoy <laughs> me, right, with this film, because we can talk about it now, because, you know, it was back in April. People yeah, I mean, spoilers, thought, guys, but really, you, you must People have... generally think that they've killed off Spider-Man, Black Panther. Like, they, they were going to introduce Black Panther, the first black lead superhero film. They'd be like, lol joke, guys, going to kill him off now. Spider-Man 2 was in fucking production. There's pictures of him on set with Zendaya. How can people <laughs> generally... People were like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I love Spider-Man. What the... How can you be that fucking stupid? I, it does amaze me that this still happens, despite the fact that now more than ever we have all this access to sets like, and it's, film I get news. that people want to like get in, and the film does keep you in that kind of like suspension of belief where you're like, oh god, they're gone. Like that's sad, but in the back <laughs> of your mind, you do know. Yeah. Well, you know, they're obviously on some kind of. They're gonna come back. What film do you know that's kind of like, no, we are soon. Maybe The Bodyguard. <laughs> but that's about it. That's about it. But You know what? Um, the one thing about Infinity War, um, I just want to shout out Josh Brolin yeah. for being just very fucking solid this year. Like, He's done some great work. He made Thanos so fucking good. He also did a great job with Deadpool 2. And he's just... He's just really, he also never, had a baby. Fucking hell, he, he really was on it this year. He was on um, it this year. He's just... A, he's always one of those actors where I'm always really, like, kind of blown away a bit by him. With him, I think he gave a level of humanity to Thanos as well. The end scenes Definitely. where he's uh, sitting there and... Um, it's kind of like he's obviously looking over what he's done and why he did it. You do get a sense of him probably thinking, fuck. Um, but then... <laughs> he also made that scene with him and um, Gamora. Yes. Oh, heartbreaking. That was actually really emo- that was surprised. I was su- I was surprised. Well, this is the thing I'm it... not a Marvel fan, so but that like caught yeah. me off guard a bit. The emotion in these films that people take for granted and people make fun of and say, oh, they're just superhero films. Like, there's some brilliant filmmaking going on in some of these. I mean, the Russo brothers, for, for one, like, they've, the Captain America films, I will not mm. have anyone say a bad word about them because they are generally fantastic. Like, with the Winter Soldier, if you, Winter took, out, a solid if you one. took out all of the superhero elements, that would be an incredible spy thriller. You could set that in any fucking decade. You could set it in the 40s and have Bogart playing. You could set it in the fucking 80s and have, I don't know, Al, Al Pacino in there and freaking Marlon Brando in the fucking 50s and 60s. Like, it's a great storyline. Story and I'm really fucking pissed off that they're going to kill him off. <laughs> I mean... You know, I'm R.O.P. Cap's beard because that's I, the real the fuck, loss here. Man? We haven't actually spoke about the Avengers uh, Endgame uh, trailer in much detail. 
But that's the true freaking tragedy of our time. Where's his beard got? When? How has he had time to shave? People are dying <laughs> out here, Steve, and you're in the fucking bathroom with your Gillette. <laughs> Just hacking at the beard. I, I think he was just so depressed that he was just kind of like, ah, <laughs> just just it, get the Gillette out. Oh dear. But yeah, so yeah, so April for me, my pick was Avengers. What was yours? Uh, you were never really here. Good choice. Good choice. Okay, moving into May. We've done... I saw one thing in May. <laughs> we're not even. I only saw one thing in May as well. Oh, excellent. And I didn't even see it in May. <laughs> I watched it like a couple of months Okay, so we're going to go through May quite quickly because, like I said, we didn't see much. Um, and I did see a few other things. Right. So we had Bad Samaritan, which I didn't see. It starred David Tennant. We had Overboard, which was the remake of the Golden Horn film, which starred um, Anna Faris, who I love, but I didn't love enough to see this film. Yeah. You had Life of the Party, which was the Melissa, the annual comedy we get from Melissa McCar- McCarthy. Um didn't get a lot of reviews. I'm sorry, I just for the record, I'm very quiet, but I just have this blank expression of constantly all these for all these films. <laughs> you also had Book Club, which was the film starring Jane Fonda, um, which was about uh, these older women discovering the Fifty Shades of Grey book. <laughs> I kind of love that that's a film. Okay. Yeah. You also had Show Dogs, which was a film with talking dogs. I heard that's one of genuinely one of the worst movies of the year. Of all time, I think, actually, was the word. You had wow. On Chesil Beach, which starred Saoirse Ronan, but it didn't get pretty much any release outside of backyard cinemas in London. I felt, so. like, I, I felt like there was just a PR person who was like, On Chesil Beach, coming out soon. No, that was it. <laughs> like, just, like, shouting just, into... You know the girl from Pitch Perfect? Like, they're kind of... You should go see Chesil Beach with Saoirse Ronan. It's Do you remember Friday. the Lady Bird? It's going to you also had uh, <laughs> How to Talk to Girls at Parties, which, again, didn't get a big release. It's yep. going to completely have my head. You had Mary Shelley starring Dakota Fanning. Dakota still does work. It's not just Elle. <laughs> Even though Elle has kind of proved herself to be the more talented <laughs> the one. The superior Fanning. Yeah. <laughs> the superior um, Fanning. So, yeah, so yeah, that was it. Um, you had Breaking In, which I went to see. This starred Gabrielle Union, and it was oh, about yes. a mother whose the home gets broken into, and she has to break back into the house because she's essentially locked herself out and locked the intruders in with her children. So basically, I... day life in Tottenham, which is what <laughs> I experienced here. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, the film it was over very. It was overhyped for me. It's fantastic to have a black lead uh, woman in a film but sure, I, just, yeah. I just didn't feel like the storyline was very interesting it was kind of like panic room but flipped because rather than being locked in they were locked out kind of thing but yeah i just didn't find it very interesting it um, looked kind of like a sort of fun b movie to me that was kind of the vibe yeah, i got yeah i'd probably i'd probably agree with that i think uh terminal also came out now this was a bit of a horror slash thriller kind of style it starred again it went right under the cover it starred margot robbie uh max irons mike myers and yeah i remember now Simon Pegg. um it's quite clever it has some elements to it that you're like oh you got me there but and margot robbie's fantastic but it's not groundbreaking i wouldn't it's yeah it's forgettable Margot Robbie does a couple of shitty films, and this way she gains power to do the... Gains power. Some, <laughs> gains power. Like an just, orb. <laughs> yeah. She just does some shitty films, uh, like, in between doing some really great, like, great solid ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a reason why I gave that a miss. 
There you go. Um, Solo, a Star Wars story, come out in May. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it, so I do apologise because I can't give you a review. Um, that's all I can say about it, really. You didn't see it either. I love the guy who plays Solo. Um, and I was really, really kind of keen, to be honest, to see Donald Glover be, you know. Yes. Um, that would have been cool. But I just... It it just didn't grab me from any of the promotional material. No, I felt that way too. I didn't feel like as inclined to see it as the others, so I I didn't. No, no, definitely not. Um, another film that went under the radar, unless you're a friend of Courtney Cheshire, First Reformed. <laughs> oh God, I really okay. This is one of the ones that I she desperately really wanted to, to see. see. Yeah, yeah, I desperately wanted to see this. I think that Ethan Hawke can, can be so brilliant when he's given the right stuff. This and, film uh, is... Yeah. It's a slow burner, but mm. it, when it pays off and it's... Oh, the, the whole religious themes to it and Amanda Savred and... Oh, it is... She's also wonderful. It's a treat. It really is a treat. And mm. I, the, one of the things I do love is I love the way that Ethan and Amanda speak about this film because you can tell they're both very passionate about it. And they mm. speak about it as like a love story almost. Well, it is a love story in a way. Um, I really enjoyed it. I can't say much about it because I feel like it's one you have to watch. And it, I mean, I, 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 some people will have watched it and be like, "What the hell happened? I didn't get it." It's a deep film. You you have to you feel this film. You don't necessarily watch it if that makes sense. That sounds so I, fucking pretentious. Who, no, who no, the fuck I, am I? You, you know feel what? this film. You, what the I, fuck? I, there's. I'm just gonna say later down the line, you're gonna get that kind of talk from me, but even worse. So prepare <laughs> okay, yourself, guys. Okay, I'm ready. I mean, also, um, Paul Schrader directed that, and I think he's uh, someone who only ever really does something if he's passionate. kind of actually pretty passionate about it, especially, mm-hmm. like, because he doesn't... I mean, he's done some, like, really important stuff as well in American cinema. Um, I'm very keen to see it. I will make the time to see it before the year is over, but unfortunately, I it just had so limited screenings around where I it live. Did. It didn't have anything up And that's here. in London, yeah. Yeah, well, nothing in London, nothing up here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deadpool 2, I didn't see this, so you're going to have to take the lead on this, girl. I did see this. Um, I honestly preferred the first one. I, it's, it was, you know, it was still, like, reasonably fun. Um, but again, the best thing about it was, like, Josh Brolin, because he was just so... He looks so cool as well. He did. He was do you know, really. Do you know what he looked like? He looked like what Frank Grillo would have looked like if they'd given him more to do as crossbones. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, that is true. I think that was such. Um, that's one thing. That's one negative I will say about the Captain America films is that they had such a good opportunity with him as a bad guy, and it was just squandered. Yeah, and honestly, believe me, the fandom wanted more Frank Grillo. Yes. For we the always record. want more Frank Grillo. Um, the also great thing about Deadpool 2, um, and I hope she gets more stuff, is um, Zazie Beetz. Yes. Who is in Atlanta. She oh. is, oh, she is so cool and very interesting and, like, just a good actress. Um, Deadpool 2 was just, like, it was trying to be, like, oh, we're going to do the cliches of a sequel, which I was, like, oh, I knew you were going to do this. But it became, it became very, like, um, what's the word, hackneyed in the way, like, it was very, it was very, like... Do you feel like it gets too meta sometimes? It was, yeah, it was that level where it was like, yeah, yeah, we know, we get it. We, we've we done the meta thing. We've been doing the meta thing for like a good solid however many years now. 
Um, it was just sort of a bit like, I just wish you were being a bit more original. Because it felt more, more of the jokes in this felt more like they were just references. Yeah. You know, rather than like actual thought out jokes. Yeah. Um, and also the action pieces were just really like... Would you eh. say it's worth a watch? Would you say that you could probably miss it and not... If it comes on Netflix or like... <laughs> <laughs> if a gun is held to your head <laughs> if it co- if it comes on netflix or like amazon prime and like you have both those things then i guess give it a watch if you're bored one evening okay. but i wouldn't really go out my way to be honest that's fair yeah. um and finally in may it was tully uh which i yeah i've been a huge fan of diablo cody ever since juno um i love jennifer's body we i could mm. talk about jennifer's body and the in terrible mistreatment of Megan Fox throughout the film history. All you <laughs> bitches who say you love her now, you didn't love her back then, so don't even come at me with that bullshit, okay? Bisexual queen. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, yeah, so Diablo Cody is one of my favourites. Uh, Charlize Theron is one of my favourites. So when this kind of come together, mm. I thought it was clever, it was endearing, heartbreaking, very for... I'm, I'm not a mother, but it was just very lovely to kind of reflect back on a younger version of yourself and kind of see you like learn from your younger version of yourself like what you kind of had I I don't know it was just it was a really lovely film and it was clever I'm not going to say what the there is the ending is quite pivotable to you watching the film and enjoying it so I'm not going to say what it is Mm -hmm. but I thought it was great and I thought is it Mackenzie Davis yes yes I believe so um just... I feel like I've seen her in something, but I've she... gone completely blind. Black Mirror. Oh! Yes, she's in that episode. She was also in a... Um, yes, she's great. A Drake Dere- Doremus film um, called Breathe In. That's, when I fir- that's what I first saw her in some years ago. She's fantastic, and her and Charlize are amazing. And again, where's the freaking award buzz for this? Because it's a fantastic piece of work. This one, for, I feel like this is another case of something that needed a better PR team. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Charlize and Diablo Cody, uh, that's not... That's not, not the most little, impossible pairing league. we've ever seen. No, that's not the most impossible pairing we've ever seen at the Oscars either. And they've both had, like, brushes with the Oscars. So mm. it could have... It's disappointing. And I also wanted to see that. But, again, this is a case of um, <coughs> cinemas not releasing things. No. Absolutely not. Well, my pick of May was Tully. And what was yours? Well, because it was the only thing I saw would be Deadpool Don't say Deadpool 2. No, I'm I d- retracting I just, that. <laughs> can I just say Tully even though I didn't see it? Cause you I, can, you can. Because I, I just really don't want to say Deadpool 2, even if it is for <laughs> Josh Brolin's abs. Like. <laughs> okay, going into June, again, quite a lot going on in June. You had Action Point. Now, this starred Johnny Knoxville creating a theme park, and it looked like an absolute car crash. <laughs> so I didn't see what that. a shocker what a shocker <laughs> you also had Adrift which was that film that was on a boat starring Sam Claflin and uh, Shalene Woodley I mean that is deeply that is a deeply unoriginal title for a, a film set at fucking sea again yeah didn't really go very well you had American Animals really wanted to fucking see this this has got um, Barry Keenan in it who I saw in Killing of a Sacred Deer who I think is... He's also in Dunkirk, actually. He is someone who I really want to see more of. Um, I also... Evan Peters was in it. Evan and Peters, I would, yeah. I would just really like to see him do something that's not American Horror I Story. I was going to say, because I think this is probably the first feature film that he's been in 
that's had for a quite while. Long, like a long time. I mean, the last thing I saw him in that was a feature was that film he did with Emma Roberts and John Cusack, Adult World or something. Oh, he also actually he's Quicksilver in X Men. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Sorry about he's, that. He's he's always quite fun when he does that. But I would like to see him do more kind of stuff he's like got American the Animals. To be honest, he's got, yeah, makes me laugh though. Is that now if, if, now that everyone loves Cody Fern? Um, they've kind of pushed oh, yeah. him to the side. <laughs> Even say like he's he's the old supreme, so he's losing his powers. But yeah, so <laughs> American Animals. You also had Heartbeat Loud, which was such a limited release. It starred Nick Offerman, and I missed out, and I'm gutted, and I really hope to see it again soon. Oh, I love Nick Offerman. Yeah. <laughs> you also had Superfly. You had The Domestics. You had Sicario, Day of the Soldado, which again kind of didn't get a big release, which was shocking considering the first one was like. I saw, I saw the trailer for that a lot when I went to go see yeah, films. Yeah, but then it wasn't kind of around that period. No. Um, so yeah, but that's probably because there was a few other, um, few other releases that probably overtook it. Um, you also had Upgrade. Um, this was <laughs> from Lee Wannell, who worked in the Saw franchise. I never saw it, so give me your review. I okay, so I am very, very fond of Lee Winnell. Um, he's kind of one of the big things behind Insidious. Um, um, Lee is just adorable. I also so basically, <laughs> uh, um, Upgrade was just like a fun, quite action packed movie. I think the the action in it and some of the way it's shot is really is cool. I enjoy that. It also has um, Logan Marshall Green, who I think for a while kept being called the discount Tom Hardy. But actually, <laughs> I think he's kind of... I enjoy watching the guy. I think he's fun to watch. He was also, like, very solid in um, Karen Kasuma's film, The Invitation. The Invitation. And, yeah. more famously, he's Ryan Atwood's brother. Is he? From the OC. No, he's... Oh, yes! Oh, he's, what you say? He's a what you say guy, Ooh, yes! Oh, my God. Sorry, that, that bit is always kind of... I always just imagine Bill Hayden and the Sandberg in Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was, it, was the, it worth watching, would you say? Yeah, it's fun. I think it's fun. and um, It's a revenge kind of film, isn't it? They're always quite fun. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of a uh, little quite a bit futuristic. Um, some of the way it's shot is quite entertaining and not how you'd expect. Like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, nice watch. Nice watch. A you nice also, watch. You know, you also had The Incredibles 2, uh, which I went to see. I did enjoy it. It was lovely. Um, mm-hmm. The shoot before it with the with the uh, dumpling or whatever it was was very bizarre. Oh, bow. Bow. Yeah, bow. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was good. I quite I quite enjoyed it. I like the fact that it was kind of speaking on like putting women at the forefront and things like that. I thought that was quite interesting. The whole cool. like reversal of roles, which is quite cool. Uh, you also had Hereditary. I have opinions. I have opinions too. I don't think you liked a Hereditary. Oh, sorry, I don't know what happened. There. <laughs> <laughs> I got possessed by. I um, am concerned Tony <laughs> about all these people that think it deserves Oscars. Uh, you're talking to a person who thinks that. Carol's looked like she was going to punch me in the face. No, I don't. I completely understand. You you like the film. A lot of people do like the film. I just didn't. I just didn't like it. I just didn't find it interesting. Or it, it didn't pull you in. No, it didn't. And it was quite funny because I when I watched it, I thought this is going to be one of them films that I hate, and everyone's going to love. Would you and say then, you hated it or disliked it? I think I hated it. <laughs> Fair. Because I think I hated it because everyone loves it so much, and I feel like it's being forced down my throat like an unwanted blowjob. 
and I just feel like <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want to hear about it anymore. And then thankfully Mark Commode didn't like it, so I was like, oh god, I, I'm in, I'm in with someone here. Mark but... Commode wounded me with that. No, it's fine. Um, yeah. No, the thing is, you know what? Um, I saw Hereditary, and I was really hoping to like it when I saw it um but I was also a bit like it's probably not gonna scare me or anything I didn't um, find it scary did you find oh, it scary yeah did Fucking you hell. yeah genuinely well okay like I'll explain I'll be trying to be brief as possible so, <laughs> an tiny. hour later um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think that okay so the thing I loved about it was that I loved the tension that got built I do think there's parts of it that are meant to be funny as well. I don't think it's meant you're meant to take it like that incredibly seriously. There's some satire in there, I can see. Oh, that. for sure. Like there's a bit when they are like trying to perform a fucking seance and Gabriel Byrne has this line where he's like looking at this Latin and he's like, what even language is that? <laughs> and it's hysterical. And Tony Collette is obviously having a fucking ball while she's doing all of this stuff. Um... I really loved it because also um, Ari Aster, if you read interviews with him and you look at like what inspired it and stuff, you can definitely tell that there's a lot more like depth to it than some people think. And like he was like inspired by things like um, the cook, uh, the thief, uh, uh, his wife and her lover, which is a really deeply uncomfortable film if you've ever seen it. Very good, but very, very disturbing with um, Helen Mirren and Michael Gambon. Um, he also talked about being inspired by like my uh, Igmar Bergman and stuff, and you can feel a lot of the influence in that film. I think it just for me, it kind of tapped into like things that I find scary, and I think that if you didn't find those things scary, then it wasn't really ever gonna. For me, work, yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I think it just wasn't my. The, my... the idea of. I don't know what you call it, like the the Cup horror genetics that make me scared or make me like what's going to happen next. It didn't have any of them for me, so that's yeah. But for I'm me, one of those cause... people that I can kind of be like, I didn't like this film, but that's okay if other people like it. I'm not one of them people that's like, oh my god. Yeah, I personally, <laughs> I personally loved it, and I also felt like it was shot. It's also a directorial debut, and I feel yes. like at the very least, people can be like hey it's something different yeah it's different and the fact that it's got the press it's got and i mean a24 are like selling freaking merchandise all over for it so i want some good. of that for christmas just <laughs> fyi just hint, uh, just, hint. just just shouting out uh we also had tag which was a comedy based on a real life group of friends who have been playing a game of tag since they were teenagers oh, um gosh. it starred john ham it was actually quite fun i'm not gonna oh, lie was it? it okay, was actually quite enough. fun it was uh quite fun like, Ida fisher was in it uh i can't remember who else was in it jeremy renner was in it um it was quite it was quite interesting it was quite fun probably forgettable but i had fun it was cool uh also out was hotel artemis Oh, yeah. You know what? I kind of forgot that film happened. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I've also forgotten it too. Like, the other day, I was, yeah. I'd i forgotten um, Sterling K. Knight was... Sorry, Sterling K. Brown was in it. And I was sitting for ages thinking, who was he? Who was he? Who was he? Who was the actor? Who was the actor? And I thought, if I really loved it, I probably would have remembered it. But it was fun. It was all right. It's a really good cast. Dave just... Bautista is... Yeah. A, a fantastic comedic role. Probably not in a comedic film, but, you know. And it's good to see Jodie Foster. It's like seeing old friends. It's always great to have Jodie round, isn't it? It's also like Charlie Day's in it, and you know Charlie Day's in it. 
who, who doesn't, who doesn't love a bit of like Charlie doing his weird screechy voice? It made me laugh because after we saw it, I saw it with Scott, and Scott went to me. He loves um like screeching that guy, doesn't he? I was like, you know, that's his voice. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just him. He's not an act. That's just who he is. Yeah, that's just Charlie. It's <laughs> just Charlie. Um, also out was uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, or as I like to call it, one of the greatest disappointments of our time. I just don't care. I love Jurassic Park. I love the whole universe of it. And I thought when Jurassic World came out um, two, three years ago, I thought it was a fantastic addition to the franchise because it wasn't a reboot. It was a kind of addition onto it. This film just had no heart in it at all. It had no story. It just didn't know what it wanted to be. We... It just seems like it's all very going through the motions. Like, yeah, it this one like made money. It felt like a setup for another good film. I think the next film they do which is inevitable because yeah. of money. It, yeah, of course. Will be better film because it's basically the dinosaurs are now free in the in America and who knows what's going to happen. Um so they're going to eat people and then I'd Chris love to Pratt's see like, something cool. Basically, <laughs> I'd love to see like the British perspective in these films. Like people just sitting there thinking, then bloody Americans. They've only gone and reopened that theme park, haven't they? You know that one where the dinosaurs got out and killed everyone? They've only bloody gone and reopened it. And guess what? Sorry, is this Cockneys versus this is, dinosaurs? This is Cockneys, yeah. And now what? Bloody dinosaurs have got out again, and they're going for America. Bloody Americans. You think they've got enough problems of their own? Anyway, how about that Gatwick? So, yeah, that come out this year, and it's probably best forgotten. But also in June was Ocean's 8, which was the classic retelling of Ocean's... 10, 11, 12? 11, 12, 13? 11? I'm going to say 11. I, I don't yeah. actually know. but Yeah, I because then 11. we're going to have 9, 10, I think. Ocean's 9, 10. Yes. I think so. So this yes. was... This was... This was the big step. It's the second <laughs> reboot of a classic kind of... Which is a classic? I don't know. A second reboot of a... a, a I don't know. I feel it's like a, classic's jumping the boat a bit. Yeah, like. it's jumping the boat. It's a reboot of a film that was previously led by many men. And it's now led by many women. <laughs> they were, in fact, all men. <laughs> and all this men. time they were all women. <laughs> all women. Plus James Corden, because, you know, can't get rid of him. Oh, fuck um, me. <laughs> it was a bit disappointing. There could have been more to it. There could have been more with the characters. But I think it's going to be setting up for another couple of films. I thought Sandra Bullock was fantastic. Kate Blanchett is Kate Blanchett. Um, I did enjoy it. I did. It's not groundbreaking i don't no. think it was meant to be and the pressure shouldn't be put on a film to be groundbreaking i enjoyed it and i will probably see the others when they come out what about, what about I per- you i just personally and like yeah it's the it's the whole fucking insistence that we like really have to be into it or we're being yes. bad feminists yes and you i know? don't like that um like i said i don't like that kind of weighing on anything a film a tv show a person a book a quote a fucking facebook post yeah and it's just like i didn't see it because it just didn't look like it was going to be like fun enough basically that was my that was the only reason why i didn't go see it i was just like it didn't look like it was going to deliver on what i expect (laughs) of that kind of film you know no that's fair um my pick for june was oceans eight what was yours hereditary oh for fuck's sake (laughs) I mean, yeah, Moving okay. On. Look, I'm, I'm a, I stan it. I stan Tony Collette. I'm just gonna, just, just, yeah. We're gonna have to move on because we are like an hour in now, not even halfway through the bloody. I know, year. my phone flashed at me like as a, a sort of angry warning. <laughs> what time do you have to leave? 
I don't have to anymore because that's because that screening got cancelled. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Of course, of course. We'll do this till ten o'clock now. I'm joking. I do have to cook dinner. <laughs> okay. I, in I, ju- I need bed. <laughs> in July, we were blessed um, or given uh, Whitney, which was the Whitney Houston documentary, uh, mm. The Equalizer Two uh, with Denzel Washington, which just no. Uh, Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout, which was the sixth installation of the Mission Impossible films. I've not seen any of them, but I'm hoping to watch them over Christmas because I think it's just going to catch up to me eventually. And Henry Cavill is looking fine. So, you know. I feel like I'm the only person with a vagina who doesn't want to fuck him. Like No, I think there's other people too. Oh, thank God. I'm glad I'm, glad <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> but um, I do, the, one, the one thing about Mission Impossible, though, is that I do hear that it's actually... Apparently, they're actually really good. Yes. Like, I've only ever seen the first and third one, which are both really enjoyable. Yeah. But ev- everyone was sort of saying that this one was just, like, the best yet. So I'm kind of curious now. I, the curiosity's got the better of me, and um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get round to it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had Skyscraper, which was... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this. No, I didn't see this. I saw Rampage, not Skyscraper. I think is it, it's Dwayne Johnson and both, right? Yeah, so I saw yeah. Rampage, which I forgot to mention. That was earlier this year. I actually really enjoyed Rampage because it was just dumb fun. Skyscraper I didn't see because it basically looked like Rampage and I was like, I'm not doing it twice. Come on. But but in a in a skyscraper. In a skyscraper. <laughs> uh, it also starred Neve Campbell, which is always great to see her doing things. Yeah, I'm glad that she's getting work. Yeah. Uh, we also had The First Purge, which was the fourth... I did see this, yeah. yeah. The fourth installation, which decided to go back in time and tell us how The Purge was created. And I wish that they never did, because it was absolutely abysmal. There was no storyline in this film. There was no relation to the other films. It was just chaos and awful. And I, I, I just want to make a, I want to make a plea to everyone who's bankrolling these films. Just please stop. Please, please let us live. Like, just make make it stop now. I'm well, I'm have, so tired. They have a TV you didn't show even now. have Frank Grillo this time. Like, I know. What Frank Grillo wasn't in the past. I would have just loved to seen him like in the kitchen. Wasn't in the past. Just in the kitchen, you know, doing these things. Just little flashbacks of him, just to keep me going throughout this massive boredom that you had. Um, Marissa Tomei as well had this like bit. You can see it in the trailer, so you don't have to go and see the film. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> um, but Marissa Tomei, who was way better than this as well, way better. I really hope they were paying her a massive fat check. She basically had this line in it, which you can see in the trailer, where she just goes in the most bored tone I've ever seen. What have I done? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's, it's so blank. That. You also had Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I oh, really yeah. enjoyed. I thought um, I spoke about this before in the show. It was funny. It was um, great to see um, Evangeline Lilly um, do more. And Paul Rudd is just hes just a god amongst men, isn't he, really? He, he's Paul Rudd. He's, he's, he's just incredible. A good bean. Uh, Sorry to Bother You was released limit, in a limited release back in July. It's actually been re-released properly just recently. I've, really, I've not seen it. I'm really, really annoyed. You have seen it, so give me your thoughts. I loved, I loved it very much. Um, so sorry to bother you. Is it's really surrealist, um, and it's got really good sense of humor to it. Army Hammer is batshit in it in the best possible way. <laughs> I I'm always so, forget he's in it. 
Yeah, I'm so glad. He doesn't come into it properly until later on, but it is worth it. Okay. Um, I think Lakeith Stanfield is so awesome and I want to see him do more because he just brings this lovely kind of like openness and like vulnerability to roles. So you can really empathise with characters he's playing. Even the character in this, which like makes some pretty bad decisions. Um Tessa Thompson, Stephen Young, both are like, you know, they're just, you're just happy they're there, aren't you? It's a great, um, great cast they've got. I think they're quite lucky to kind of have it's, that. It's really cool. And um, it's just very, I, like, it's one of those things I can say that I was like, yeah, it's really original. Um, it takes like a really bizarre turn in the story, but I think it pulls it off. I do think some people will hate this movie though. I think it's going to be a bit like of a Marmite film. It's going to, some, some people are going to love it. Some people are going to really fucking hate it. And like, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's, that's all I can say about it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, we also had Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation, uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, uh, don't worry, he won't get far on foot, which is now on Amazon Prime. If you've not seen it, like me, mm-hmm. um, we had Eighth Grade, which was was it even released over here? Um, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't had UK release. No, I think it was at Sundance London or something, but I don't think it's. So I'm hoping it yes. will actually be released properly next year. Um, I really want to see this. Yeah. We, we both really want to see it, so hopefully, definitely we'll hear about that. Uh, Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> I um, heard this was fun. It was fun. It's just a fun. It wasn't as good as the first one. It never was going to be because it's got such a legacy behind it. I thought Lily James was fantastic. Um, it when did... you said legacy, all I could think of was Pierce Brosnan singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> Couldn't they dub him? Like I always think. Nah, we what? just needed that voice. <laughs> needed that voice. It's a bit like Emma Watson in um, Beauty and the Beast. Like, oh, that was bad. Could you not have found another singer? She was not. Not that was just no. Uh, my favorite pick of July was actually Unfriended Two Dark Web. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Sorry, fair enough. Which, That's if you not said to expecting. me, if you said to me that one of your favorite films of the year was go- is going to be Unfriended Two Dark Web, I would have said, "What am I going to become blind <laughs> and deaf and not be able to register films?" I found it to be so interesting and so clever and original and I loved it. I really loved it. I'm not going to lie, I cannot remember an awful lot about it. Um, so Unfriended it, 2 is it's a like, like to Unfriended, but instead of this time it being about a, a group of friends and a Skype chat, a guy finds a laptop in a coffee shop, brings it home, basically tries to use it as his own and then realizes that it actually formerly belonged to someone who was part of the dark web oh my god Um, my my biggest problem with that is just that the fact is is like i find uh i was really interested in dark web sort of stuff for a while so i'm too scared i don't even like saying it out loud in case someone's gonna like no because like this is the thing the dark web honestly from like most accounts i've read of people saying this and it could be bullshitting i don't know but (laughs) they bet a lot of people need to believe that's what they want me to believe. I fell for the trap. Um, I fell for the trap. They, a lot of people basically just like, honestly, most of it is just like dead links to things because uh, a lot of stuff gets shut down really quickly. Apparently there was one guy who just sold potatoes on there for a while, which I really, <laughs> I think that's complete crap, but I really want it to be true. Just very much. Like, I don't know. It's, I think Dark Web now just does not scare me. Um, 
I think the whole I re- I want to see more I do want to see more of like using the internet um as like a a movie format now like as if you were browsing yourself like I like that as a premise that is interesting to me um but I don't I can honestly I mean I think the fact that it didn't make much of an impression on my brain probably doesn't say a lot about it I watch it again watch it I watched what, it. Watch I, it or Karis will send the dark what, web to my house. Don't joke about it. Honestly, I think they're listening. I <laughs> I usually cover up my laptop as well, my webcam on my laptop and I... No, it's just, it's just us and the FBI agents who are monitoring us, okay. you know? I want to be friends with my FBI agent. Like, <laughs> I think I've pissed doing? mine off by um, listening to Sir Fan Stevens too many times. Oh, that's probably true. That's yeah. my, mine's Abba, you know. Okay, so that, that was... Um, do you have a favourite pick for July? Mine would be sorry to bother you, even though I actually only saw it like a month ago. But You're a fraud. Never mind. Yeah, I'm a fake. <laughs> okay, moving on to August, um, we've got. This was a month that Christopher Robin was released. You know, um, yeah, America's attempt at trying to recreate Paddington. It just looked really weird. Some people found the um, they're not puppets, are they exactly? But like the they look the like toys. shit teddies. They look like yeah. They look like um. Things people use that can't afford the rights to the actual story. It looks like something they look. They did look a bit like you know toys that had been abandoned at an orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> so like sad. they, they. There's something about them that just kind of vaguely depressed me. You also had the darkest minds. You had dog days. You had the Meg, which was the shark film starring Jason Statham. My God, it's a Megalodon. Uh, you had uh, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which I unfortunately didn't get to see because there was not a lot of releases nearby. I very much wanted to see this, yeah, but the same story didn't get around to it either. Uh, you had The Spy Who Dumped Me. I was going to see this, but the reviews really put me off. And I just kind of, the more I watched yeah. the trailer, the more I thought I can see how this is not going to be a good film. I think um, I, I got told it was one of those films where... The best jokes in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Juliet Naked, another film that was not released nearby, so I didn't get to see it. Same here. The Wife, again, very limited release on The Wife. Yeah, I I saw some, actually quite a few posters for it on the tube, but same thing again. Yeah. The Happy Time Murders, that's the one that featured Melissa McCarthy, uh, McCarthy and the puppets. Okay, I did laugh myself silly at the trailer, so I feel like I should go back and watch that at some point <laughs> as a treat to myself. Uh, Operation Finale, which I think is now on Netflix. Mm, I don't even remember what that is. It, I think it featured Oscar Isaac. I think that's the only reason why I was So much of this is us going, uh, I think it's this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very thought out here. Uh, Slender Man. I never saw oh, it. Tell fuck me. me, I saw this. Um, Tell me. I've... Basically, I'm just the person who goes and watches bad horror movies so you don't have to, guys. Um, Slender Man was so fucking stupid. Um, This is a film where they actually had to change the ending because I didn't realise this until someone told me. I think it was Courtney. Oh, oh God, yeah. Slender Man, obviously, is an internet kind of legend. It actually... There was an actual stabbing, a real-life stabbing. Yeah, and the problem... This is the thing. Um, I'm convinced that the Slenderman movie, um, first of all, it's like how many years too late, can I just say? It really jumped on the bandwagon a bit late, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was an awful stabbing which involved, um, I think they're about 
13 or 12 they were very year old young, girls. Yes. It was two girls um, that were one, were one girl believed that she was she needed to sacrifice someone to Slender Man, so she yeah. got another friend involved and they stabbed this girl. The story I'd rather see a, a story about that because the girl was stabbed a ridiculous amount of times. I think it was in the double digits. She crawled yeah. out of the woods and got she's she's living today. It's yeah. um it's remarkable, but they this they've made this film and they did actually have to change the ending, didn't they, or change elements of it? Well, well that and you can tell that so badly from the film because I'm pretty convinced that actually more of the story had that real life inspiration in it. Oh. But um, I know for sure that um in the area it happened, I can't remember exactly where it is in the states, but they actually banned the film for they like did. a certain amount, like radius, yeah. because they were so angry about it, which I completely which understand. Makes understandable, yeah. Um, the film though literally it's the kind of film where the story is so fucking flimsy so um, there is like it's one of those things where like a guy a middle-aged guy has written teenager dialogue oh no yeah so there's like a line where someone's like it's like a virus like a computer virus and I'm like yeah that's still the same (laughs) like it's still the same thing guys like they there's also like characters just disappear like storylines just sort of tail off and then like afterwards you're like wait what happened with that like it just it's very poor it was very badly executed i do appreciate the fact that joey king is just in so many crappy horror films now though and i feel like she's becoming the queen of new bad horror she's um Um, she's about to start in an adaptation of um have you ever heard the story of um sydney rose blanche one sec i think that's the right no, I don't know that one. Uh, one sec, let me see if it's there. Oh. Because this is actually a really interesting true crime story. Um, they're making a film out of it, and I think it's probably going to bomb. Um, <laughs> That's always a good start. Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So basically, this... Um, <gasps> yes. No, I know this, I know yeah. this. So this is the story of um, uh, a mother who basically pretends that her daughter is dying from terminal illness and actually turns her quite ill um like forces her to be in a wheelchair forces her to take medication um, so like munchausen by proxy almost yeah um raises money takes her daughter to places to say that she's dying she never was ill never ever and the daughter one day gets her boyfriend who she's been meeting and talking to online and kills her mother and goes to prison and then there's a lot of arguments about well should she be in prison because technically she was abused all her life like is it self-defense but joey king's going to be in that adaptation so we could be talking about that film in a few years i mean for sure i i I heard there's a very sad documentary about that already there is yeah i think hbo did something along the lines of that so yeah but that's that's another film that we'll probably be talking about in a few years yeah Um, (laughs) also out in august was black klansman mm-hmm I really enjoyed this. I had fun with this too. I... It was uh, it was a good. It was tongue in cheek. It was satire. It didn't take itself too seriously, despite the fact that it actually was highlighting a very serious matter. And um, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun and also disgusting because it kind of reminded me that there's still people out there in the world today who are part of the KKK. The one thing about it as well was that. Um... It did do a good job of balancing like a lot of comedy and being like these people yeah. are ridiculous, but also then going oh fuck me, look this is kind of horrifying. Like yeah. um, Adam Driver was my favorite thing about the movie. Um, I also he want to really say that in this. 
he was so fucking good. He's a he's a great actor. Um, it also took me an embarrassingly long time to realise that John David Washington was Denzel Washington's son. It took me like a week. <laughs> it took me, it so took me long. like a week. And it was so funny because during the film, I was like, he really sounds like someone. And he really yeah. looks like someone. And he really yeah. acts like someone. And then, like, I think a week later, I was checking out on, like, IMDb. And I saw it. I was like, oh, that's so funny. He's got the same... Uh, Oh, no, that's his son. <laughs> and I also, uh, actually, one thing I want to say, I absolutely love the way he said white throughout this movie. Yes. It was just one of my favourite Are you sure? <laughs> are, are you sure? sure? Are, are you sure? Uh, he's, also he's out in August was Crazy Rich Asians. I did see this, yeah. I did see yeah. this. This, if this... Um, this was way more than I was expecting. It was actually a very lovely story and definitely grabbed me by the emotional side. I think the wedding in featured in the film, I was just an absolute mess. And I don't know, we know why. I don't know why. I really liked, um, I really enjoyed Constance Wu. She's very cool. Um, so she's funny. just like a shining star. Um, it was, the one thing about it that was a bit like, disappointing was that it was kind of shot like a fucking travel brochure it was very glitzy it was like an episode of made in quite capitalist yeah it was very capitalist and it was kind of like trying to also push the message of but yeah this isn't actually going to fulfill you but also look at all the pretty stuff (laughs) and it was like i mean make up your mind which one you want to push yeah money doesn't make you happy but yes it fucking does (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) that was my frat boy uh impression there I really enjoyed it, and I think it's um, definitely paved the way. Being, I thought you were just being King John for a second. <laughs> <laughs> he was fantastic. Yeah, uh, he was fun. And lastly, in August, it was Searching, which is another screen capture, is what we're calling it, isn't it? This style of filmmaking. That sounds that sounds like a good term for it. Screen captured film about John uh, John Chow, and his daughter's gone missing, and he is searching for her. And I thought it was one of the best thought out thrillers of the entire year i really wanted to see it um i missed it unfortunately but i i'm definitely gonna give it a watch i mean john chose oh he's awesome he's 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 so cool he's so good in this and the way they write the story is it's it's really you go down a nostalgic trip where you kind of see old versions of windows and like yeah yeah and it's nostalgic because it kind of goes through this whole kind of childhood of this girl and then her mother passes away and you kind of see these little things that in your own life you would have you get reminded by like having someone who's died their number on your phone or there's a calendar reminder of their birthday or a meeting yeah. you had or something you planned ahead with them or even coming out of a relationship like there's so many reminders now like time hop i can't be on it because it just pisses me off it's like six years ago you took a selfie with so-and-so don't care um so it takes you down that kind of static road but then the thriller kicks in and you realize like if you go missing and someone goes in your phone what are they going to find i don't want to think about that because because it 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 just be really embarrassing and probably involve pictures of colin farrell (laughs) don't find me i don't want to be found (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just um, whatever you do don't go on my phone <laughs> uh, Searching was my number one film for August what about yours? Um, I would say out of what I saw Black Clansman good choice good choice on to September this is the month where me and <laughs> Eleanor didn't see anything 
In my defence, I started a new job in September. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I and, did, well, I did see one film, I saw The Nun, and that's certainly not going to be my pick of the month, so... Oh, <laughs> Jesus wept. I mean, The Nun was something that I... Yeah, no, I just didn't want to do that to myself. I wanted to see it because I, I love the whole kind of Conjuring universe, and I didn't hate it, I didn't love it either, but I had fun with it. It was quite interesting. It was cool to see kind of um, Thaisa Formiga in the limelight as well. But yes, in September you had Peppermint, The Predator, which I think the bad press it got beforehand regarding the onset shenanigans. Well, not shenanigans, but onset Um Probably ruined the film, which is a good thing because it doesn't deserve to have anything good if it treats people like that on set. Um, yeah, for sure. You had A Simple Favour, which I actually wanted to see, which starred Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, but I just never got around to seeing it. I heard that was a very confusing mix of genres. Yes, like you didn't know what genre it wanted to be. Yeah. I'd still like to say, I reckon it will be on Sky Movies pretty soon, though. It seems like a oh, Sky Movies sure. film. Uh, you had White Boy Rick. You had Mandy. You had The House with a Clock in the Walls, which was directed by Eli Roth. So I think he's having a bad year. What do you reckon? I don't want to see that. I do want to see Mandy and White Boy Rick, though. Yeah, um, I do too. Matthew McConaughey did an interview about White Boy uh, White Boy Rick recently and um wait white boy wick um <laughs> but i really want to see matthew mcconaughey play a loser because he plays like a deadbeat dad in that film i want and... to see matthew mcconaughey it's been years yeah, i miss him what's, I miss what's him. he up to what happened, he okay? to the, what happened to the mcconnaissance yeah it's gonna come back bitches it's gonna come back you also had Assassination Nation, which looked like a, a right old mess of social media is the enemy, so let's all kill each other kind of thing. I, um, I, I was okay. I, I think that was on at London Film Festival, and I just kind of was like, I'll skip that. <laughs> you also had Night School, which starred Tiffany Haddish in Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. And you had Smallfoot, which was the animation film, and it didn't do very well. I think September was a bit of a write-off for September us. September was a write-off, so we're not even going to pick a favourite for that. Nah. On to October, a star is born. Oh, I shouldn't have told you. I should have gone like, guess what film it is? just pulled her headphones out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all I could think of is, hey, what? I just want to look at you one more time. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, I like. Did you see it. this? I enjoyed it. I liked it. It wasn't amazing. I think it had been overhyped, but it always was going to be because the Lady Gaga fan base is so big. Um, and it was, it's it's just such fucking Oscar bait. It know? is major like, Oscar bait. I don't think it deserves a directing uh, nomination, but you know, who am he, I? His a dir- woman. I'll give, one thing I'll say is that his directing was better than I expected. Yeah. I was expecting like just very like bland direction, but I was like, oh, there's some moments kind of okay. where I can just tell that he was like, just do what you want, just do what you feel, and that works sometimes, but not all the time. And there's moments in Gaga's performance where I think she's very good. Like I think there are parts where she could be great, and then there are parts where it was like, oh, that needed um... the bathtub scene. Yeah, there I was hated just. That. There were scenes where, um, like, there is a scene when, for example, she smashes, uh, smashes like, a uh, a portrait and yeah. it has glass on it. And it's meant to be, like, a kind of proper fit of anger. But it was just a bit too held back. And there were moments of her performance where I was like, some, I feel like a better director could have pulled out more and gotten yeah. a more refined performance. Yeah. Um, it was also a little bit annoying, to be honest, 
that they made her character um like the sellout because that's not necessarily what I would say is the message of the previous A Star Is Born films. Okay. And that just felt a bit like, oh, because she went into pop, that's a frivolous genre. It kind of gave off that message to me, which I was like, that's not true. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That, and I was, like, I was like, oh, because he's so important because he does like cool American guy rock. Like that's just so <laughs> much, that's such a worthy art form and comparison. That was a little bit annoying to me. That's fair. But, but yeah, it was. It had good things about it and some kind of cringy things about it. I'd say. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Venom also came out in October. What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> I just really <laughs> such a strange cue. <laughs> <laughs> I just really enjoyed Tom Hardy doing two weird voices rather than one for a change. Aww, <laughs> Is that so bad? That's a brilliant review. I love that. Yeah. Um, you also had The Hate You Give, which I didn't see. Um, if you were on the podcast last week, you would have heard that they actually recast someone in this because Did of they? a racist video that they found. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I Wait, didn't who know. was that? I don't know. It was some YouTuber, I think. But Sophie said last week on the on the show, and I was quite shocked by that. But yeah, That's they recast and they reshot all the scenes. So, Wow. Big thing. You also had First Man, which I never saw because I didn't want to. I feel like that film should be bigger, don't you? Like yeah. I feel like I feel like we should be hearing about it more because it's such again, it's massively it Oscar bait. Ingredients for Oscar bait, but maybe it didn't come out in the oven very well. I've heard some people though say that it's proper brilliant and then but it's just not the marketing I think has been kind of weak. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it was marketed very big. I wonder why that is actually, because it's got no. two massive stars and one massive director, so for sure and like an interesting enough story that you could definitely be yeah. like is Oscar worthy uh, you had Ghostbumps 2 uh, sorry Goosebumps 2 haunted, <laughs> Ghostbumps Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween never saw it didn't like the first no. one hate what they're doing with it it's very rude mm. uh, you had Hunter Killer which was uh, Gerard Butler's annual uh, macho fest <laughs> the only thing i can say about this is um i didn't see this but um i just want to remind everyone of that time that someone tweeted at gerald butler why does gerald butler do all these shit films does he have a massive student loan or something and he said no i don't have a massive student loan i just do all these shit films <laughs> did he really <laughs> yeah that's amazing i love it uh you also had johnny english strikes again which i'm um, i'm okay yeah i'm, good. I'm fine I think we're all okay um, Bad Times of the El Royale was an, uh, released in October. I went to see this, was really excited, really let down. Um, I just, it just The storyline was just all over the place. There was nothing kind of going anywhere. Every time you kind of thought, oh, this is actually quite exciting, I'm quite gripped, it just didn't really mm-hmm. execute. Chris Hemsworth was just really underused, despite the fact that he's pretty much the lead selling point of the film. It just wanted to be Tarantino, and like that's okay when you're at film school, but it's like not okay when you're making features like this. Like now, so not fan. Yeah, I, it it had a good cast, but it really gave good. the impression that it didn't really know what it was trying to be. Just I just want to see John Hamm in something where he's like doing things for you know I don't know the last he deserves he deserves a better role the last sure. John Hamm film I saw where he was given a decent role was a Disney film he did about baseball in India do you remember that it was a no I don't million dollar arm I think it was called but that was the last thing I saw him in that was very oh Baby Driver too but he wasn't like the lead character but Baby Driver wasn't like that meatier role though and he deserves yeah. roles which are like I think just 
of more substance. Like, Baby Driver's very good, but, like, I wouldn't say the characters are the most, like, yeah. complex thing you're going to see. You know what I heard the other day, though? Someone said to me, could you imagine if John Burnthall played John Hamm's role? I was like, oh, that would have been good. That would have been so filthy hot. So filthy hot. I can't <laughs> deal with his Instagram because, like, one minute he's posting him, like, all, like, rough and ready on a motorcycle and, like, hot and ripped. And then the second he's with his son, I'm like, no, stop. No, stop it. <laughs> He posted a picture of him and Andrew Lincoln the other day because of uh, Walking Dead, and I did nearly pass out. It's just too much. It's just the level of hotness is just rude. Like, I don't even keep up with the whole like Daredevil universe on Netflix, but I still, I'm still going to watch Punisher season two. I'm not going to have any idea what's going on. I might even just watch it on mute. Yeah. But I'm going to be I, there. I honestly just first watched that first series. <laughs> okay. Um, also out in Halloween, in Halloween, sorry, that just gave it away. Also out in October was Halloween, which was, it felt like someone punched me in the face. Same. It Hard was same. Absolutely. Just, it was so freaking pointless. Why would you have the audacity to write off all the sequels off of your film and to create yeah. this other sequel, which didn't A, make any sense, B, have any correlation to the genre, it just didn't... It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was just also one of those things where there were so many characters in it who popped up and oh. then, like, either got killed off and then nothing was said of it ever again That's the in the thing, film. That they weren't in the film long enough to make an impact for you to kind of be, like, scared. Like, if you look at slasher films like, like Prom Night, you see these people for, like, at least half an hour before they start yeah. dying. It's... No. It was like the two British people at the start of Halloween who were doing a podcast on like Michael yeah, Myers and stuff. Yeah, what the hell was that about? <laughs> they they didn't even need to be there. Like they you you could have taken them out of the story and it would have like just not have mattered. Yeah, basically. That's the, it just it felt like it was like right, we have to create this, we have to be relevant. So let's add in social media. Let's add in some podcast recorders and like a cr- true crime thing. And it was just no, it was just silly. The thing I just really hated was that. Um, it, yeah, it it just, it could have done so much more for Laurie Strode. Yeah. And I was just so, like, for me, meh about it. I See, I love Halloween. I've said this before. I'd rather forget about that new oh, film God, and yeah. just keep loving the sequels. Because I love Halloween. Two, three, four, five. I love all of them. And how dare you do that to, um, what is her name? Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris, yeah. Places in... How dare you? She's a bona fide fucking scream queen because of those movies, man. Like, I, yeah, it was so fucking disappointing. I really wish as well that I cared more about Laurie and her, like, the family ties. Because that would have been such a nice girl power but thing. But you didn't, if... like, have that whole history of her daughter and her granddaughter. Nah. So they were just, like, extras, it's just really, It's just really forced. And, oh, my God, that dad who just kept making the annoying <sighs> fucking jokes. Like, God, it was, yeah, it was not worth not it. Worth it was it. also just very, um... Well, in terms of like kills as well, if we're going to talk about it in the horror sense, like the kills were just very like uninspiring and just not very interesting to watch. Not for me, not for us. My nope. pick for October was Star is Born. I have the same, yeah. There we go. Moving on to November. So this is more recent and such. Uh, Nobody's Fool. I saw this, it was a Tyler Berry film, it starred Tiffany Haddish, it didn't have enough Tiffany Haddish, it didn't have enough jokes, didn't like it. Fair. But it did feature the catfish guys, and I was really up for that, but that's about it. <laughs> um, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, I never saw it. 
I don't think I'm the audience for this at think, all. I don't think anyone is. No. <laughs> um, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Again, I'm not going to see it because it looks awful. Yep. Overlord. Uh, Nazi zombies, again. You know what, though? Um, the trailer makes it look so tame. This is one film that got brilliant marketing because it sponsored the MTV EMA Awards. I've yeah. never seen a film sponsor an award ceremony before. Um, it. I feel like maybe there's been examples, but I can't really remember off the top of my head. No. I do, though. Uh, they Shall Not Grow Old, which was the documentary on the World War One. Um, I didn't get to see it, but apparently it's really, really good and touching. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I've not yet to, been to see it, but I do want to see it because I did like Wreck-It Ralph. I didn't even see Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, um, oh, it's fantastic. Well, it's not fantastic, I've heard, but it's good. It's cool. I've heard, I've heard it's one of the better... Is it DreamWorks or Pixar? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, Karis. Um. Uh, you had Robin Hood. Yes, Robin Hood again. Why do they keep trying to remake Robin Hood? They're really obsessed with that, aren't they? they? But they keep fucking it up every single time. There's three more in production. I just never know. Oh, uh, Lord. You've got Roma, which is the Alfonso Cuaron film. Um, it's been released on Netflix. Um, so I've not. Thank you for seen that, Alfonso. It. I will yeah. be watching it on. Cheers, Netflix. babe. Um, so I'll be watching that on Netflix. Uh, it soon, probably over the Christmas period. Also a straight-to-Netflix release was Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not quite interested in that, to be honest. I'll give Roma a watch, not that. But, <laughs> That's yeah. it. Uh, you also had The Girl in the Spider's Web, which you and I have not seen. Um, I feel like it will always be compared to the original, so it probably didn't have a chance in hell, unfortunately. Well, this is the thing as well, because, I mean, even with, like, uh, the Girl and Tra- Dragon Tattoo remake, I mean, that just got endless non-stop comparisons. Exactly. So, especially when you kind of get a story that's not even by the original writer, if I'm remembering it right. Yeah, it's a strange situation. It's going to suffer, let's be honest. Exactly. Um, you also had The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which was, again, directly to Netflix. I've not seen this yet, but you have, so what do you think? I did, I did see it. Um, it's a very unusual... Um, it's a very unusual Coen Brothers film, which, I mean, I know it's the Coen Brothers, so you kind of expect unusual. But um, I, at first, thought this was a TV Western um, because it's an anthology. And actually, I think I think if you go into it knowing it's anthology, you are, you have a better time with it. Okay. But a lot a lot of people I know didn't really enjoy that part of it, that aspect. Um, it has some really fun bits. I actually really like Liam Neeson's storyline in it. Um, I kind of enjoyed most of the stories. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson as like a singing cowboy like guy who's a fantastic like shot is really funny, very entertaining. Um, I really like the last story a lot too with Brendan Gleeson. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting watch. I think anything the Coen Brothers do is worth a watch, if Definitely. I'm honest. It's good. Still forever stunning. Um, Llewellyn Davis. Also, oh, someone's yeah. borrowed the DVD of that and they haven't given it back. And if you're listening, I want it back. It's yeah, been four I'm gonna, years. I'm going to back Karis up on this. What the hell yeah. are you doing? Four years, mate. Didn't even open the cellophane wrap around it, did I? Oh, that's terrible. Uh, you also had... Suspiria, which I didn't see, so I'm going to have to get your review on this, because I heard many mixed ones. 
so I understand this is going to be kind of I think we're going to have a similar situation when you do see it with it's going to be like hereditary I feel but you're going to love it and I'm going to hate it I think so oh I love that you know me enough to say that I think so. I, I have a feeling that... So, this is the thing. Suspiria, um, the original, was a 70s uh, Italian horror by, like, Dario Gento, who's one of the big Italian horror directors. Um, it's kind of been described as if, like, if classic Disney was a horror film, because it's got such <laughs> wonderful use of colour, and it's quite operatic in a way. Okay. Um, so this is very different to that, but it's it's kind of like a homage to it. I wouldn't say a remake. Um, Dakota Johnson's really fucking great in it, so does Tilda Swinton. Um, I proper love it, but it's also by one of my favourite directors at the moment, uh, Luca Gardino, who did Call Me By Your Name, and he did A Bigger Splash as well. Um, it's got some flaws. There's some really wonderful bits of body horror, um, but the cinematography is so solid and I feel like Luca does the most amazing job of creating tension and creating like this just like he's very good at creating just worlds within film I feel um I personally just loved it um despite like parts of it being frustrating and not quite reaching the potential they should be but um I think it will divide people I think like for example like Little White Lies gave it a really fucking poor review so did Empire um, quite a lot of critics actually have trashed it quite a bit and I don't think that's entirely fair okay. I think it's got problems but it's a really um, piece of work It's yeah I think it's a real kind of bit of art to be honest mm. and I think maybe later people will look back and be a bit like more forgiven about it but at the time now I think it's going to piss people off a little bit I think Dakota Johnson's doing an amazing job kind of branching out from the Fifty Shades kind of yeah, and you know what? It's hard to I do. want I want Jamie Dornan to also do yes. as good a job as she's doing because like cuz he's just as fucking good. He's he's terrible in 50 shades. Like let's be honest, like he's not good in it, but he's actually very talented. I think he was on the Graham Norton show recently cuz he's recently done like a sky movie um with Peter Dinklage and he just looks so uninterested <laughs> in what yeah. was going on. Um bless him. Uh, also out in November was uh, Fantastic Beast Crimes of Grindelwald. Can we just skip this? Because I'm so sick of talking about this film. I Yes, I will happily skip it. Excellent. I read the plot the other day because I got bored cause I, and um, I really regretted it instantly. <laughs> I lost a brain cell. Moving on to Widows. Now, you saw this at the film festival and told me that I needed to watch it, and I did, so thank you for that. What were your thoughts? Um... I just think it was a really fun take on a heist film and it was a good thriller. Um, I also just really love, um, I just had, I just loved the way the, I just loved the woman in it. I, I really enjoyed the female characters, like uh, particularly um, Elizabeth Debicki. Um, yes. She is, I think she is that girl. Like I think she's such a fucking I loved her storyline because it was kind of like um, she's probably not doing like making the best decisions but she's in such a situation where how can she possibly make the best decisions there's so much going on in her life it's one of those things where actually when you come out of it you were like oh the men were so kind of inconsequential to the story but that was like a good thing yes because it was just so focused on the women and it just had um really cool like very good ensemble cast i think daniel kalua was really fun i like oh. seeing him play a bad guy god he was um, scary yeah 
Colin Farrell was really fun. I'm I've not really seen him do something like that before where he's no. been like a kind of greasy politician but he did it really well he did it really i actually well. liked he's, it you can, he can play a lot of roles which is great he's people i do think he's um maybe because it's, it's pe- like previous like publicity like he went to a premiere of britney spears and stuff i know people i don't think people take him seriously when he's actually probably one of the greatest actors of our time i think he really he's... does have that talent He's he's really bounced back, and the thing the thing is now is that he's picking roles which are actually complementary to him, but also just very interesting and, projects. And good work, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm such a stand for him. I'm sorry, guys. I know you are. It's yeah. unhealthy. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Creed Two, I saw this a couple of weeks ago. I I thought this was great. It was a lot of fun. It was um, the way they kind of built the storyline to kind of focus on father son relationships was fantastic. Um, mm. There were parts of it that were a little bit repetitive of the first film, which is understandable. They sure. really didn't write for Tessa Thompson well at all. There were so many elements to her character that that were yeah okay maybe you don't want to explore them, but at least make a mention of him. Like the woman, the character wins a um record contract and then becomes pregnant and then nothing's mentioned about her recording contract and surely in the real world if you just sign a recording contract and you fall pregnant it's going to be mentioned oh that's really yes yeah, yeah, so that I'm was not... that was disappointing but it was interesting it was it was thrilling it was good and obviously it's not as good as the first one but um is it directed by Ryan Coogler no it's not no, okay. That's, That's probably interesting. Why. But no, it's good. Michael B. Jordan just looked amazing. Of course. Moving on to my favourite of November. Quite diversive. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. You know, I did see this, yeah. Yes. Um, I've spoke about this in a lot of detail, so people know my reviews. So what do you think? Um, I think that as an ensemble cast, that was like such good casting. Um, I think Rami did a really good job. I just really deeply wish that Brian Singer hadn't been attached to the project. Which a lot um, of people have said, yeah. Because I feel like his view of homosexuality kind of infected the film, if I'm being totally honest. That's true. That's the first time someone said, like, not blamed it, but led that reaction to him as a director, and that's very clever. Oh, thanks. I praise you I for d- that. I know. I- Oh, keep going. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I feel like... um, I don't know if people know about the allegations against Brian Singer, but um, Brian Singer... And it's been kind of like an open secret for a very long time. Brian Singer is... uh, He's a gay director. He's trash. Um, But he is very, like, interested in younger men. And he used to hold these parties in Hollywood where they invite younger men of like a rather dubious age and um i feel like him as a gay man it kind of reminds me of when kevin spacey tried to come out to divert the allegations against him um i think their view of their own sexuality is um really backward and kind of like they think it's got to be this kind of perverse sort of thing that happens Shameful. in the shadows yeah and I feel like that's really um I kind of felt like that's what they did to Freddie Mercury and that really hurt because because it's also because I don't feel like they were trying to necessarily go there all the time like at the end you see that his um Freddie Mercury's lover in real life the one who stayed with him till he died who was literally what he referred to as his husband um 
he gets introduced into it, but he just kind of pops up and then goes. It's really and poorly then, done. And then comes back for like the last 15 minutes Re- of the film. Really poorly done. And, um, it's, and I just, he deserved more, in my did, opinion. He did deserve more. And I feel like there could have, yeah. Like I've said, I mean, I, I enjoyed the film and I did love it. And it was my favourite one of November. It's been one of my favourites of the year. There are parts of it that I don't agree with. There are parts of it that could be done a lot better. But I think... People who say, "Oh, the only good thing about it is Rami Malek," it, it, are just wrong. No, because that's there's not. There's so fair. many other great performances in there. I mean, you think, put these people side by side; they are spot on. Like that. Yeah. That's not easy. That is not and easy. It's, and it's also um, costume design, it, sound yeah, design. I, f- I feel like it's really. Um, it's funny. How it it does take quite a few liberties with stuff, but yeah, I feel like that Live Aid section as well, like. That was that was decent. I really liked that. I I think there was a lot of potential that was missed, but um, I don't think people should be Working necessarily off. so hard on it. Yeah. Um, and it's not just Rami that did a good job. That's unfair. No, like the the guy, good. every guy who played a member of Queen did a fucking fantastic job. The woman job. who played he's um um. Oh God, I'm so she she's not really his wife she's kind of like his like she's the love bl- of his bl- life platonic <laughs> life partner pretty much yeah. Is how you, but, yeah um yeah so i i i get a bit annoyed by that comment that he's the only good thing in it because i don't think the comment like that feels like it's from people who don't know about filmmaking because if you think an actor has done a performance completely on their own yeah it's crap it's such it is crap. complete crap it is crap we always give we always give actors way too much credit for how much you know, if the performance is actually theirs, let's be honest. When an actor's reading a script, I mean, you know this already, but I'm just saying this for people listening. When an actor reads a script, they have an interpretation in their head of what to do. When they meet yeah. the director and the producer and the other cast members, it is manipulated. Not manipulated, that's the wrong word. It is then crafted into what the actual performance is. And then yeah, when they get you, on set... You, you finesse it. You, you finesse, finesse it. it. And then when they get on set and they're with the camera guys and the sound guys and everyone mm-hmm. on set it even then tweaks a little bit more then because they're like, oh, no, I can't do that action because I'm not going to be in frame or I can't do that action because it's not going to make sense in regards to sound. So you're wrong if you think that Rami Malek has just sat there and just crafted his entire performance on his freaking coffee break. Nothing yeah. against him because he's an incredible actor and his performance is amazing. But don't say that the only good thing about a film is someone's performance because that's wrong. That's, that's very true. I agree. Just saying. Okay, as a director. I don't throw that out there very much. What was your favourite film of November? Uh, mine would be Suspiria. Good yeah. shot. Now, December's hard because we're on December 20th. We haven't yeah. seen a lot of films because the releases are not that great. So I'm going to go through what's been released in December so far. Mm-hmm. None of it I have seen. Um, Once Upon a Deadpool, which I'd, I'm not even sure this is real. Is is it i thought it was just um uh, this is probably gonna be so old of me but i thought it was just a youtube video (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing i I didn't know i just saw people i I saw the kids talking about it on twitter and was like oh i don't even know what that is like (laughs) Uh, yeah you've got to put a deadpool uh mortal engines which is um uh I nearly said Percy Jackson. Peter Jackson's uh, new franchise is looking to spin off into. Uh, you've got The Mule. 
you've got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which I really want to see. That and actually looks really fun. Yeah, yeah, it looks really fun. You've got Aquaman, which I'm going to see uh, just because I haven't heard it's in it. and uh, it, Sure, of course. Down to the heavens. I, um, I mean, I, I didn't expect anything less. Exactly, neither did she. Uh, Dumpling. Sorry, just back to... Anyone who's actually been to see Aquaman recently um, has sent me a message complimenting Amber Heard, and I generally feel like she is my wife. And they're just like, hey, just want to let you know... She just doesn't know it yet. Am- Amber's doing great. I'm really proud of her. And I'm like, thank you so much. I'm glad you thought so. Like, uh, it's like, you know... <laughs> I'll let her know at dinner. I'll, I'll let her know at dinner. <laughs> honey, honey, darling, come here. Um, Dumpling, which was released straight to Netflix. You've seen this? I did, yes. You did? What did you um, think? I thought it was just kind of like nice. It was no. fine. Just I d- an easy I'm, watch? Yeah, yeah. I felt like... <laughs> I felt like Jennifer Aniston could have been given a lot more comedy to do because I felt like she was Aww. very funny. I felt like she was very funny in the bits that they had her. And also, Jennifer Aniston is like a Texan beauty queen. Like, why would you not want to get some laughs out of that? That I is know. funny. Like, um, it it's makes a bit me laugh a- with Jennifer Aniston because people say things like, oh, like, after watching her films, like, she's actually really funny. And, it- and I say, she was on probably the most famous, popular comedic show for 10 years. And yeah, now you're finding out she's funny? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a bit baffling. Um, she's aged extremely well. Um, not I don't that's... think she's had much work done either. No. Um, I mean, Courtney, Courtney Cox oh, actually God, did have work done, but then she had it um, reversed. Yeah, that was very sad, actually. You can tell that was like, related to feeling quite down. I get that, though, because I feel like you just get... I mean, the pressure you get put under, it's hard. Like... I can imagine that, especially if you had all those people questioning how you look, you would have the same reaction. I probably would. Um, but yeah, Dumpling was, it was quite a love fest for uh, Dolly Parton. And like, I don't say that Aww. too begrudgingly, but it was its quite cheesy. Um, it has that girl in it, Bex Taylor-Klaus. Oh, she's from Scream. Yep. Who the literally, I, literally, I think I made a tweet about this, again, sounding like a fucking... OAP, um, where I was like, is she the only bisexual they can find on youth TV? Because <laughs> like, literally, I swear she's like the only sort of queer-coded performer who's popping up in like teen TV stuff or like young people films. Yeah. And I, I don't know why it's always just her. Like, she's fine, but like, guys, there's other people. There are. Ariella Barra, for example, who's in Marvel's Runaways and is a friend of mine. She's bisexual. Look her up. Just nice. saying. Um, also, sorry, my iPad just died and it had the list on it that we were talking about. Very rude. Oh my God. So obviously, I've not seen much in December. Coming out later on in December as well are the following. Dun, dun, dun. Intermission music. Intermission. Dun, dun, dun. Do you know what? I started humming them actually. See if you can what? guess it from my humming. That sounds familiar, but I don't know. It's from Miss Congeniality, and it's You wanna hug me, you wanna kiss me, you wanna marry me. Do you know what started playing in my head? It's gonna be so completely different, isn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be. For some reason, when you started doing that, my brain just like started playing Venga Boys. 
Yeah, 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 that's it. That's, that, that's exactly why. Karis won a dance competition singing, uh, dancing to the Venga Boys when she was eight years old and she won a free holiday for her family. So really, the Venga Boys made your career. Started it career, got a free holiday to Canberra Sands, didn't I? Didn't win the Thanks, final. Venga Boys. Didn't win the final, <laughs> but I won a holiday. Just think about it. I don't think my parents uh, thanked me enough for that. My talent. <laughs> my talent won us a free caravan. You know what I'm saying? Well, a caravan holiday, not an actual caravan. <laughs> Fuck's sake, guys. Honestly, just take me behind. So also coming out this year, you've got Mary Poison's... It's just Macardi B. Uh, also coming out in December, you've got Mary Poppins Returns, Bumblebee, mm-hmm. Second Act, Welcome to Marwin, Holmes and Watson, and Vice. I'm probably not going to see any of these because um, Christmas is very busy. There's only like 11 days left of the year. Yeah, come on, guys. Get it together. Honestly. Um, Vice, Vice, I want to see. This is the one and... that's been tipped for a lot of like awards buzz, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I have heard some people say like... Christian Bell's thing is the best thing about it but um Sam Rockwell was playing um George W Bush and I want to see that I know that sounds so fun um Welcome to Marwen has Janelle Monet and I love her so but I don't think I love her enough to see this if I'm being totally honest this is the Steve Carell film isn't it yeah I don't know I just wasn't particularly grabbed by the concept enamored yeah it Um, looks a bit it reminds me a bit of uh downsizing Yes, that yeah, that's true. Which that I didn't that is really very like true. Either, so. What was the what was at the top of that list again? Mary Poppins Returns. That I will happily see. Yeah, I'm seeing um, that Saturday actually. Oh, exciting! Yeah, yeah. nice. So, overall, we're at the end of the year. Been a pretty shit year, to be honest. Regarding film. <laughs> There's been some gems. I'm trying um, to make my top ten list. Obviously, I'm including the ones that were my favourite for each month. Yes, I'm including Unfriended too. You're going to be that person. Wait, I'm going to put it on Twitter and people are going to think I've been hacked or something. But I don't care. No, they know you well enough to know that you care about Blumhouse too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, oh, I actually... do and I don't because obviously after the recent revelations... Not revelations, but his very poorly done interview about... Women can't direct horror. That I'm was, not um, a huge fan of him anymore, no. And then it's clear, no, I didn't mean it. And now I've hired a woman, so get off my back, guys. I'm like, no, you should have hired a woman years ago, okay? Yeah. Oh, Jason. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, to it be does, honest... It doesn't make me laugh, though, because... I, I, I did a tweet a while ago where we watched the film Cam. Oh, we didn't mention that film. That's actually not a bad You watch. know what? I really loved that I film. I did enjoy that, that film. so fun. Actually, yeah, that was a good film. I think that came out last last month. But we put uh, we we watched Can here at home, and um, when, I saw the I saw the tweet yeah, and it made me laugh out loud. When Blumhouse come up, Scott just went, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Because he's just <laughs> sick of the film. Scott knows he's not a fan of horror, and he's uh, with the, with Blumhouse in particular. It, I think he sees them as um, the films that people say no no I know you don't like horror but you'll enjoy this one and he never does and every single time it is not the way I do enjoy it I think I think they're fun but I do think they've made a name for themselves that is probably going to go downhill soon because of 
how little diverse they are in regards I mean, to I feel like it's already going downhill, but that's just my opinion. Um, well, my email address is info at rianpictures.com. I am free for 2019. I'm if you want to send abuse to Eleanor Ring, you can do it there. Yeah, and if you want to hire me for a Bloomhouse production, you know, I'm here. I can change the game up. Just saying. And um, if you want to hire me, Bloomhouse, please don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky bitch. Uh, yeah. um, what, okay, what uh, did you not see this year that you wish you had seen? Eighth grade. Definitely. For sure, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Um, um, I really want to see First Reformed. There's two actually. Okay, so I was actually meant to see this this evening, but it got cancelled. Thank you, Odeon Leicester Square. Um, so I wanted to see The Favourite before the year was oh, out. Oh, God, yeah. Well, I've not mentioned this because technically it's not getting a wide release in the UK until January. Yeah, so... and this this was meant to be like a preview screening. Mm. Um, uh, I really want to see this. I love uh, Yoga Slam Feminos. Um, Olivia Coleman obviously has been brilliant for a long time and it's really cool seeing her get so much recognition. Um, it'd be cool to see Emma Stone do something like this too. Because she made it's... me laugh at a recent interview that Olivia Coleman was in. And the person interviewing her said, this is amazing. It's three women at the lead. Like, this has not been done before. And she was like, yes, it has. <laughs> it's been yeah, done a lot. Has. And yes, it has. It has been done a lot. But, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, so 2018 as a whole, I think it was just uneventful, I'd probably say. I feel like... I feel like there were some really shining moments. Um... But there was a lot of crap too. Yeah, so it's going to be which hard. Which I, I my... didn't realise until we went through all yeah. of this stuff. I think when I do my top ten list, it's going to be difficult because I'm going to want to include a lot of films that I've not been able to see. So it's going to probably people are going to probably look at it and think, "Oh God, she's got terrible taste." But I don't really care anymore. I've gone past the point of like people judging my taste in films because I watch films oh, to yeah. entertain myself, not to entertain you. Oh, very true. Um, I I also probably gonna be very cheeky. Include something that was sort of technically released last year, but what's that gonna it be? It didn't come out here until like January or February. So that was Phantom Fred. Oh, I still haven't seen it. It's recorded on my Skybox, but I still haven't seen it. Oh gosh, it's so fucking good. It's so excited. good. Like, um, it's also apparently. Um, my friend said that Paul Thomas Anderson did the cinematography and I, the cinematography is the most f- stunning thing and it didn't get any nods at the Oscars. No, it was think... quite igno- ignored as a film, wasn't it? And it's Daniel day It did get costume design. Song, isn't it? He's it not... is. And he's, oh, he's fantastic in it. He's like, it, yeah, now I'm kind of, I'm in the Daniel Day-Lewis camp. I'm that person now. Um, okay. One thing I, I really I love how you're wish... in the camp now that he's going. <laughs> I, I know this is always what happens I'm always like I'm going to get into them where they're like really dying down a bit like um, Burning actually was a film that got released this year which I unfortunately missed out on which is a South Korean thing with Stephen Young yeah which I've, I've heard a lot of people actually include that in their top 10 of the year yeah Um, very much want to see that but yeah what an over? I mean yeah what, what do you think I don't know I can't pick my favourite I think I can. I feel like if I say Bohemian Rhapsody, everyone's going to be like... Nah, I'm just Would that gonna... be your favourite? I think it's up there, definitely. 
over things like Isle of Dogs as well? And no, like... no, see, it won't be number one, but I feel like... Maybe because I saw it oh, most okay. recently. It's probably the most recent thing I've seen that I really enjoyed. That I'd probably say that. But and I... it was in recent memory as well. I feel yeah, like that always You get a nostalgic helps. kind of vibe. But I mean, I, I'd, I'd love Moddy's Game. And so that's probably definitely up there. Black Panther. Um... Isle of Dogs, like again, Ready Player One. I really loved Love Simon. I really loved. Um, you were never really could... here. I can't really include that because I watched it like ages ago, like last September. So, okay, I think I can do f- top four. Yeah. I think top five would be a bit of a push for me. Yeah. Well, we'll put these on Twitter at the end yeah. of the year, and I'm sure that. Yeah. It's just how it is when you live in England or you live in a region like I do where you just don't get all the releases. So it's hard to make a top 10 that's compared to all these reviewers that are able to go to all the screenings. And when I read smart film t- magazines, I always feel really stupid because there's so much stuff in there that's fascinating. But it's foreign films that you just don't even hear about. I know. I know. And like I said, without, without love film now, you don't even have the option of getting them, which is a shame. I used to love yeah. it because I'd just add it onto the list and then it'd just arrive and it would be fine. But no. True. But anyway, hopefully one day there'll be another version of that or it will just become more accessible or mm-hmm. online. Well, thank you so much, Eleanor, for joining me for this massive long podcast episode, the 2018 film review. Um, anything in particular for next year you're excited about? My brain just went, Colin Farrell's got some stuff coming up. <laughs> and on In that, that voice. Note, I think we'll end the episode. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Have a good year. Have a good 2019. <laughs>